I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah back ladies and gentlemen episode 16 of the change my mind podcast a little different format than what you're used to uh, no live stream today uh, but before we get into today's episode which will be breaking down uh, whether iron man or captain america is the protagonist of the infinity saga the first 22 movies of the mcu history i gotta introduce my co-host here the joey to my chandler oh that hurts Joey's a good-looking guy. Joey is a good-looking Joey guy. Joey is way better than Chandler. Actually, re- you prefer Joey over Chandler? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. see, I prefer Chandler over Joey. See, that's funny. I, I like was going to go flip-flopping, uh-huh. but I figured it would be more flattering to be Joey. But you are the, the funnier of the two of us, so maybe you are better off being Chandler. Yeah, I don't know, but Chandler's like neurotic, too, you know? like. Yeah, I wouldn't describe you as neurotic. I, I could be neurotic. Nah, yeah. I, I don't mean, have I, my, my daily dose of CBD oils. But his know? goofy one-liners, like you you both have that same yeah, sense well, of humor. That, the one-liner humor is, is key. I, I agree. He's yeah. laugh out loud funny, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah he's funny. Yeah. Ch- a little cynic. You know, he's kind of cynical. So is he, who's your favorite guy in Friends? It would probably be Chandler. Okay, agreed. Who's your favorite female character? Oh, that's tough. My, I was a big Jennifer Aniston fan. I guess it's not that tough. Oh, uh, see, mine's Phoebe. Yeah, I think Phoebe's smelly cat. so underrated. Okay. How funny she was! I, I know not she's a big Friends guy. I think we've talked about that yeah, before. Not a big Friends guy. Oh, okay, I've only met one other person who really liked Phoebe as much as I do, and uh, other than that, everybody's always like, "Oh, it's either Courtney Cox or it's Jennifer Aniston." Usually, it's Jennifer Aniston. But okay, I, yeah. Well, I mean, she was a real tour de force in the '90s. Of there. course, I mean, both very attractive. And Courtney Cox, obviously, pre Cougar Town, was very attractive too. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Of. Uh, of Bruce Springsteen fame. Yeah, this is true. We didn't start the fire? In the, uh, I think you're right. In, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big Bruce guy. No, honestly. I'm not either. I, I which, get a, which actually flies in the face of our sports writer predecessors. Oh, dude, I get so annoyed with the, <laughs> uh, every. I mean, my dad was a big Bruce fan too, but not to the point of some of these other guys. Um, but the other thing too is she was also an Ace Ventura pet detective. That's right. Yeah, you don't yeah. recognize her as much because she's not as... Uh, Robust up top, right. I would say. She's easy to uh, forget in that movie, but I, <laughs> I love Ace Ventura. Oh, right, she did. Well, so let's see. So we got a two-part intro question here for you. So oh. if this comes on the heels of a poll that our friend um, Jeffrey McNamara posted on mm-hmm. from the Mac and Goo podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your preferred pizza topping? Slash, you know, if you can only have this one pizza topping for the rest of your life. What is it? It would 100% be pepperoni. I don't that, there's no other answer, right? Well, if you're talking deep dish, there is a Now, I answer. saw you post this. Yes, I had just been And it's it's very it's very uh what's the word I want to use? Um irrational, unsafe. <laughs> okay. To to just assume that we're talking about deep dish pizza because that is just one thing in one corner of the United States. Did I say in the sense that did it make it seem I can't remember what I exactly I tweeted. Did I ask is it 
we're not talking about deep dish at all. Right. I meant to say we're not including deep dish. Cause that, so, yeah, I, I phrased that question poorly. But if we're including deep dish, then I have to think about sausage. Okay. Because pepperoni and deep dish is good, but it's not. But you want something a little heavier. Oh, yeah. A little thicker. Oh, dude. Deep yeah. dish, sausage, Lou Malnage. I had that when I was away. And right. <laughs> okay. So that, that's what conjured up the memories. That's exactly what in the old college days. I love deep dish, man. It's the best. It's so filling. I mean, and it can turn into three meals. Maybe more likely two, but you okay. can turn it to three. I like that. I like something you can bring home, have a little midnight snack, maybe some early breakfast. Absolutely. Okay. I don't know if I'd have it cold, though. I, can you have regular pizza cold? I prefer all my Italian food cold. Even pasta? Yeah. Really? Uh, especially pasta. I can't do that. Oh, no. It's so good. That's <laughs> a bit of a reach on my cold. End. Cold tomato sauce. Is, it's delicious. Okay. Second question mm. came on the heels of our Periscope video, which you can find at, at Change My Mind Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. Uh, you had pointed out a lovely moonlight flask that I'm holding in my left hand right now. That's a good description out there for all those mm-hmm. radio listeners. Mm. Uh, and you said this was a gift from an ex-girlfriend, but you still have it. Yes, I do. Well, that was when I f- like first fell in love with Moon Knight. Um, and she was like, oh, he's your favorite character. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm, he was my my guy at the time. At the time, sure. He's since taken like 15 steps back, but still awesome. Okay. Um so what was the question that you, what do I, what do you do with the things that your ex-girlfriend gives you so or you your know, ex-partner? Uh, so, I mean, among the many graphic t-shirts that I have, I mm-hmm. have a Guardians of the Galaxy shirt. I have, uh, I think I still have, I used to have a Yoda coffee mug. Those are from a separate ex. Um, I have other things that I've kept to use. Honestly, I just keep it. You got to keep it, right? You, what do you, you give it back? You throw it out? No, it's good stuff. I feel like it's different for females though. And obviously yeah. neither you or I can like really jewelry, speak to Like jewelry, I that. guess, you know, like. Yeah, I think so. Do I don't you not wear the necklace. Th- I don't know. I'm kind of guessing though, because I've never really dealt with that. I've never asked that question. Like, do you keep those things? Right. So now we're gonna. The first thing I'm gonna do when we get done recording this podcast, when I go home, I'm gonna ask Julia how much of the jewelry that she wears is from previous relationships, <laughs> and that's gonna lead into a fantastic conversation. That's gonna lead to me sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hey, you got to sacrifice it for the show, right? Right, exactly. We need content. You it know, will recon- post post uh, end game. You know, we need all the good content that we can get. It now. will reconvene next week and they make the entire episode about that. Right, and we're gonna sound disheveled, a little bit hungover, mm-hmm. partially drunk. You know, that that nice in between phase. Yes, but you'll steer the ship just as you always do. I'll, I'll try to. You know, <laughs> real, real Captain Phillips situation. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Or who's it, Sully? Sully Bergen? Wasn't he the alcoholic pilot? That was, yeah. yeah. I was that Captain Phillips was not the one I would think of. But, uh, wrong, Sully wrong makes Tom Hanks sense. Captain movie. Yeah, there you go. That's it there. But we're not talking about Captain Phillips today. Oh, we're not? No, no. In fact, you want all the Avengers Endgame content that you, you can cram down your throat pretty much. <sighs> For sure. We're more than willing to give it to you. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to do today, I right? Think we have to. So, but but before we do that, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, uh, you can always find us typically on most weeks on WBSM fourteen twenty AM's live stream. Not the case the last two weeks. I think next week we'll be back in the saddle there. Yeah, well, when Tim gets back from his paranormal cruise, I mean, right? Assuming he does come back, may God Ooh. rest his soul. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see see that as well. Uh, you can always also find us too on Geeks Worldwide on their uh, iTunes and and SoundCloud page and their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of good stuff. If you want to go back and listen to it, but before we get into to who is the main protagonist of the Infinity War saga. We do have some news and notes of the week here to get to. Right. Um, starting with both of us eating the trash, <laughs> as our uh, part of my take friends like to say all the time about yeah. Peter King. Uh, De- Detective Pikachu leaks. So that, w- that went all over social media. 
Um, so I, I definitely ate the trash. I think you did as well. I did. I did. Um, with, yeah, so according to Mashable.com, the one-hour, 44-minute YouTube clip was uploaded by a user, in Inspector Pikachu. Uh, Ryan Reynolds even tweeted about it, which got my attention initially, and you sounded kind of outraged. He's like, hey, Warner Brothers or whatever, yeah. like, what's going on here? Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first minute of the movie makes you think uh, that you're about to watch the real thing, but it's really just Pikachu dancing for like 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it had a watermark on there, I guess, that I read that says uh, R. Reynolds. Yes. I noticed so, that. So uh, this was apparently a whole ruse from Ryan Reynolds, which actually fall very much on brand with how we know him, I would I would expect. Yeah, I figured it was – honestly, though, I figured it was just someone trolling Ryan Reynolds and saying, right. you know, hey, I got your, your movie or whatever. I figured it was like a disgruntled employee. Yeah. I think I texted you as soon as I saw it right. and <laughs> saw like the first 30 seconds or something. I was like, Wes, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm – I feel a little bit like a scumbag because I totally went on YouTube and then ripped it off of YouTube so that I could watch it later, figuring oh, it was really? going to get deleted <laughs> later. Yeah. My only concern was not that I was taking money away from Ryan Reynolds. It was more that is this going to be the actual movie or is it going to be some some variation of it that's or not like handy cam version that's kind of yeah all, like, I, yeah staticky I would, yeah absolutely and then come to find out we were wrong. We're both wrong, yes. So it was just Pikachu jan- dancing for <laughs> ninety plus minutes. You know what's funny too is I saw the gift of Pikachu doing the dance after the fact. And I was like, oh, where did this come from? And I didn't look into it any further. I just figured out, well, I'll just, uh, I'll figure it out later. And then I go and show someone else the video. And then I fast forward like four minutes in and then I see, oh God, this is where that gift came from. Totally got duped on this. But that's what I get. That's yeah. A, that's good for being an a-hole. Pretty good opening week, too, for Detective Pikachu, which I think we're going to do next week. A little, yes. little breakdown into that. But mm-hmm. $170 million worldwide. Still number two to Avengers Endgame. We'll talk about those numbers when we actually get yeah. into that portion of the show. Uh, but a little bit of outrage. Yes. Uh, we, involving uh, Avengers Endgame. Oh, bef- yeah, before we get to that, oh, though, okay. I do want to let everybody know, you know, you're going to ha- see Detective Pikachu reviews out there. Why is ours going to be any different? Well... I grew up playing the video games, collecting the cards. Uh, I loved Pokemon as a kid. I, yeah, Pikachu was definitely one of my favorite characters. Wes, sure. on the other hand, kind of missed that. No, I didn't. I didn't own any of the cards. I wasn't into uh, the the Nintendo Game Boy games or anything mm-hmm. like that. Even though a lot of my friends did too. It, I, you know, it just didn't hit me. Uh, the only thing, my one exposure to it was temporarily downloading the Pokemon Go app and having to oh. go at that, but then realizing. <laughs> how much my fiance hated that. <laughs> so like anytime we went out to dinner, you know, like I'm like, oh shit, here we are. Okay, we gotta go. <laughs> and then it just came into me staring through my phone and instead of, you know, a somewhat masculine move of like staring at your phone watching a sports game or mm-hmm. something like that, it was catching animated uh, Pokemon. I don't think you can complain about Jules too much, though. She does love our show. So she does. That. She's probably our biggest fan. Yeah, but well, I mean, maybe got, our only fan. Well, you got Brendan Curry too. He's a big That's fan, true. friend That's of the pod. One. Yeah, yes. they can they can duke it out for uh, you know the top top dog status. Yeah, but but so for those one so so you guys know what differentiates us from the other ones you're going to listen to. Got one guy who's not a Pokemon fan and one guy who grew up one. I didn't do Pokemon Go though. I just I, yeah yeah. At that point, it was too late. But it was all the rage, you know. So yeah. I just wanted to see what it was about. Yeah, uh, but I, I, you know, I'm actually kind of interested in this movie though, without having the background. I'm not sure how lost I'm going to be if I'm going to get all the little you know references or Easter eggs or whatever. I'm sure, it'll be fine. But Honestly, the big thing is it's Ryan Reynolds as a as Yellow Rodent. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that I think translates across uh, any age. Yeah, he right? was. I mean, he was born to play that role. Some would say. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, like you brought up, yep. there's some outrage over Avengers Endgame. There's been, you know, there, you're gonna. And there's have... a lot of outrage over Endgame just in general. I think it's been a polarizing movie with the success of it, you know, notwithstanding. Right, and it, and I get that when you have something that you've built up so much, people are gonna be happy about some things, upset about others. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. There's been a ton of outrage over the final season, which we'll get on. Uh, Wes's road to Restoros in a little bit, but the the thing that jumped out to me was something we talked about in our review. One of the major moments that I loved, where I described it as one of those moments where I kind of let out like a primal, yeah. like uh, <laughs> almost like Tim Allen or uh, Tim right. the Toolman Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, it was the the it's now known as the A Force moment, which was a is a female like Avengers type group in the mm-hmm. comics. One I'm not fully familiar with, but it's easy to label it as that now. Um, and a lot of people are saying it's forced. Now, when we talked about it, you said you felt it was heavy-handed, I believe. Yeah, a little little too on the nose. Right, but that's a little on the nose is one thing. To say it's forced and be upset with it is a little different. And I know someone, I forget who was, tweeted at me about it. And, I mean, there was a ton of people out there. They said they felt the women were already badass in the movie and everything. And to go and do that is jamming it in there. My big thing is, Wes... That's what comics are, though. Like, you have all these moments where they right. just pose out of nowhere and everybody's around each other, and it's like you know, the end of an issue. Well, it, the it, whole Avengers Assemble thing is the same exact thing. It's the same thing. So I, I get that it's random. I, like I said, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's weird. They're all coming out of no- anywhere. It's like, okay, they're trying to tell us, like, here's the women of Marvel. Right. But honestly, it looked so cool. You know, when I see my favorite part is, you know, you got Shuri who's cocking her. I said it last time, cocking her, uh, her right. handgun. And then Evangeline Lilly pops up out of nowhere, and she's, like, getting her wrists ready to go, her wrist rockets. Like, this is this is awesome. It's just a small kick-ass moment. We all know Captain Marvel really doesn't need their help that much. Right. But it's just cool to see them all she together. She was just, like, you know, busting up ships, you know, just by, by flying through them. Yeah. So, she would have been fine. you know, like, if that's your issue with it, then that, that's fine. But the whole, you know, feminist movement and things like that, like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like, no, this is the same thing when I had said I, I didn't like the haircut uh, with mm-hmm. with Captain Marvel, because going into that movie, I'd seen uh, the spoilers without context things yep. on Instagram. The Hillary Clinton. And one of them was Hillary Clinton. So that's like where my mind immediately went when I saw the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So I was already incepted by the, the spoilers without context. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, this is what we're going to do? Like, we can't just have a movie yeah. be a great movie. It always has to be some sort of social commentary on the current state of affairs in mm-hmm. America. You know, right. like, it just can't be a superhero movie. You, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Like, while I think... That A Force thing, like like I said, was a little too like, haha. See what we're doing here? We're putting them all together. Mm-hmm. We're putting them all together, you know? Cause, yeah. Because <laughs> women rule, right? You know, <laughs> like I, I I thought that was like like my one issue with it. But again, like it's a super cool moment. Exactly. That's it, it, to be it's outraged. A, it's just over a great. It. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I think we're we're reaching to the point of podcast culture, nerd culture, where. That is pop culture nowadays, but you have to dissect every little thing. And mm-hmm. uh, I've, you know, Julia has even said this to me, just being, uh, you know, so close to us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going through. Now she watches things with, you know, that kind of uh, skeptical, sharp yeah. eye, yep. skeptical eye, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, what? it kind of ruins it for me. She was saying because like <laughs> now I kind of like generally hate things. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, you know, she kind of has a point though. No, I can understand how it affects people. It, it can like this this sort of thing where everyone kind of has a podcast now, or everyone has their opinion and a platform to share it on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not enough to say, yeah, that was cool. See, and that's why we work well together. Because as much as I still, I do look at it from a critical perspective. To some point, I still think like all this stuff is fun. That's why when we when I talk about like how I rate the comics that I uh, review on Geeks Worldwide, right. generally speaking, my reviews are still 
very high because it's like I, I enjoy all the stuff that I'm reading on some level. Some grades are lower than others because there's certain stuff out there that's just better and you have to respect what's better and can't put something that's worse. Like a lot of the Nightwing stuff lately, I can't put on the same level as Deathstroke or Red Hood or anything like that. But I still enjoy them. There's right. very few things that I read out there now that it's like, Ugh, this is brutal. And if it is, then I stop reading it. That's just right. generally yep. how it works. Um, so, yeah, so there's some outrage over that. I mean, seriously, guys, if, you, if you're really that bothered by it, again, just think about it like this. It's a comic book movie, and you hear the whole cliche now, it's a comic book moment. Well, guess what? If there's ever, like, the pose things like that, Avengers Assemble, the women of Marvel, right. the the Avengers movie when they have the, the spin around of all the six yeah, characters. Yeah, exactly. Those are the real comic book moments of mm-hmm. all things because you see those, in, like, a full page can be that. So that so just don't think again. You want to think it's like a feminist thing or whatever, trying to force that down your throat. Realize that it's not the whole forcing an image like that is not that far fetched for given the ba- the original content that they're right, pulling. Take from. a look at yourself. What, what are you really mad at? Then <laughs> you know that's I think that's what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you didn't if you didn't think twice about it when Avengers assembled in the Battle of New York, but you have offensive to it here, then yeah. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, yeah. That's, that's a you problem. I it, think it might be a little bit, might be a little bit, but um. But you thing, know who else has a bit of a you problem? <laughs> yeah, is what, what's his name there? James Cameron. Yes, so he he's had, eating the trash a little bit he, now. He had spoken out about superhero movie culture a while yeah. back. Did Meryl Streep do that too, or was uh, I'm not sure. Did, I th- I, for some reason, I feel like Meryl Streep can say what she wants. So she's got you know that clout. Yeah, that James but, Cameron just doesn't. Well, I mean, James Cameron is pretty established. I, but he just kind of comes across as like an old fart to me. He does. Like a get-off-my-lawn type. Honestly, anybody that's speaking out against a superhero movie culture and saying how it's bad for film and all this yeah. and we're getting tired of it, you sound like an old fart to me. You, say, get, oh, you get off like, my. You don't like you, money? What? You don't like money? <laughs> you know, like that was like you, yeah. you play a superhero oh, yeah. role. Like, yeah. That's a cash in the bank automatically. Absolutely. So with, with all the people who have done it in the past, it's just like, dude, like, have a little fun one time. You're upset that people only want to see those movies. Yeah. Well, then guess what? Make better movies because people were getting sick of the other crap that we were getting. And I also think what's cool, too, is that you see some of these guys. I think that's why, um, what's his name, did Venom, Tom Hardy. Yep. Uh, and I think Ant-Man did it as well. And there's a, a Batman and Batfleck. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they all chose those roles because they wanted their kids to see their dad as a superhero or right. their mom as a superhero or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And isn't that like... Isn't that the ultimate thing to be able to show your kid and like to have your five, six year old son or daughter be like, My dad's Spider Man? Yeah. My dad's Batman. You it's know pretty like, freaking cool. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And wouldn't you want that as like a father to have your kids think you're like a real life superhero? I don't know who wouldn't want that. Right? Aside from the paydays and yeah. all like everything else that you get from it, but on a completely selfish level, like yeah. if I'm a father, like that's what I would want it to be. And Tom Hardy had to clear his name too with his kids. I assume, I don't know if he has kids, but he had to clear his name because he was Bane previously. Oh, know? that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah. scare the kids too much. Right, you got to show that until like preteen status when he's the, the exactly. villain. Exactly. Right? Hold that back just yeah. a little bit. Um, but James Cameron. Yes, James Cameron decided that he's going to show Avengers some love and and kind of walk back to an extent what he had said in the past. Um, he posted this, I believe, on Twitter, maybe Instagram too, to Kevin, meaning Feige. Mm-hmm. And everybody at Marvel, an iceberg sank the real Titanic. It took the Avengers to sink my Titanic. Everyone here at Lightstorm Entertainment salutes your amazing achievement. You've shown that the movie industry is not only alive and well, it's bigger than ever. Kind of sounds a little like fart sniffing there. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, you know, <laughs> this is the same guy who felt threatened, you know, after he made Avatar. 
you know, like, well, it's like, like we we're just saying, when is the Super Bowl bubble going to burst or, mm-hmm. or Super Bowl, the, the superhero bubble going to burst? Yep. But he's supposed to be slated when uh, Disney released their uh, movie schedule for what's in production for like the next eight years or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's like five Avatar movies set up to come out. Are you serious? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. You know, when they were, there's like there's eight Marvel movies that are mm-hmm. uh, in production but not yet released to the, the titles for. Right. There's like three or four Avatars. What? I mean, I, I which is essentially the same thing—a CGI, you know, heavy movie that's based on supernatural sci-fi. Yeah. Who is he to go and throw shade like yeah. that? And isn't he a sci-fi guy by he, nature? I mean, yeah. It's, why do you haven't? Why do you Terminator? Are you upset because you're not involved in it? I, I think that's what it is. Probably. I mean, get dude, get over yourself. You've had a good career. Just leave it be. You're better off just showing the love. Yeah. People are gonna appreciate that, and then maybe somehow you get involved in some way, shape, or form. I mean, Paul Rudd was turned into a superhero. I don't think anybody ever expected something like that to happen. A damn good one at that. I was going to say, quite quite honestly, maybe the best. Oh, <laughs> That's a different podcast for a different day. Uh, yeah, that is. I, I did ask you a little <laughs> while back, and maybe it was last episode, who's your favorite guy in the MCU? And you said it's not Paul Rudd. Yeah, it's, it's Tony Stark. Um, but now, you know, that spot's opened up in my life. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame and you're listening to this episode, by the way, you're an idiot. We're obviously going to spoil the crap out of the movie. Right, yeah. So just, so that's uh, going to be going on, I th- yeah. Yeah, I mean, fair warning, but I mean, anytime we li- you're listening to us, we're always spoiling stuff. Again, that's a you problem. It, d- that's definitely a you problem. <laughs> I will definitely back that one 100%. Um, so for the uh, comic book minute of the yes. week... Nightwing 60 is out, um, as are uh, Batman 71, Superman 11. I forgot to highlight that Deceased has started. It's like, I, I, don't, I haven't read the first issue yet, but I think it's a, it's a zombification of all the superheroes in the DC universe. Okay. I saw one cover where... Um, well, Bat- so, like, Bizarro Superman, is he involved in this? I don't know if Bizarro Superman's involved in it. Okay. He, he could be, but I mean, they're, they're, I, mean like, I think Superman becomes a zombie. Batman on the cover is a zombie. Uh, the first issue is a zombie. I saw Red Hood as a zombie, I think, attacking Joker. Uh, so and I it's think deceased, yes. too. I like that play on words. Yes. I'm it's a big sucker for that sort of DC stuff. DC East. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it lo- I think it looks good. I haven't read it yet. I'm, I will be reading along with everybody, so hopefully we can uh, provide a little updates here and there. Um, the bi- so that's their big event that's just that started up. There's also uh, – and that's by Tom Taylor, I believe, who did X-Men Red, who I – I, I promoted that to you guys a little bit. I think he's a very talented writer. He created Honey Badger, great character. In Not to be confused with Tim the Toolman Taylor. This is true. Uh, did I say Tim Taylor? No, no, it's a Tom. no okay. it's a Tom Taylor. Okay, yeah. Get me all messed up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then in DC, in, I'm sorry, in Marvel, I haven't touched this at all yet. But there's um, there an event going on called the War of War of the Realms, and it's one of those. It's like one of those gigantic events where you have a ton of little spinoffs in it and uh, different. Like, like, it looks like they have strike forces now going into the different okay. realms. Basically, it's all the villains. Um, I don't know. It's a few realities are involved. I know Malekith, if you remember from um, sure the Dark World, the Dark World. He's involved. I think he has control of Europe or something nice. like that. So it, it, that one looks lovely place. If you're looking for something, if you like events. I mean, I think this has everybody involved, all the superheroes involved. It's okay. very busy, um, a lot of different directions that you can go in with it. Uh, not for me, but I think it's I think it's got a little bit ahead of steam going right now. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to hit on, so I mentioned how last week Batman Who Laughs 5 came out. Um, and if you haven't read it, a little quick spoilers, fast forward like you know, 30 seconds in the podcast. Uh, Wes, <laughs> so what happens here is Batman has taken the, the Joker serum. He took mm-hmm. it a couple issues ago okay. because the Batman who laughs is basically you know, Joker serumed Batman. And he's insane. He's, he's brilliant, but he's also vicious. 
And now the real world, the, the it's not. I think it's Earth Zero where Batman is not like like Earth Six One Six and Marvel, sure. which we just found out is exactly. the world that we're we're living in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he has taken the serum as well. Joker did it to him, and he's not fighting it off. So that way he can combat the Batman who laughs, and he's now gone. He's losing control. He's in Batman is now bordering on evil. This the, Batman who laughs is always fifteen steps ahead of him. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I mean, okay. you would assume Batman is going to win in the end. But they're not leading me to believe that that's going to be the case. So Scott Snyder, who did the DC Metal, has done a phenomenal job with this. If you haven't started reading it already, hopefully I'm not – you missed that spoiler part if you haven't read it already. But definitely pick up Batman Who Laughs. It's must-read stuff. Um, but that's my comic book minute of the week. Wes, what do you have for uh, your road to Westeros this week? Oh, man. Tough, tough stuff here. Uh, we've reached the the pen ultimate episode. That seems to be like a real buzzword around this time. Okay. Um, the second to last episode of Game of Thrones ever. So <sighs> as we take Wesley's road through Westeros. Mm-hmm. Said that one without a flaw. Yeah. You know, as a child, I had a speech impediment. And all my R's, double L's, and Y's were all W's. Really? Yeah. It's very tough. Yeah. Oh, so like that, it's amazing uh, that I've come as far as I have in my broadcasting career, my is. illustrious b- broadcasting is career. That, is that what happens? Is that like that, that cute little tick that little kids have? Yeah. Like, so like, like so I used Wadjo to say like, uh, yeah, like, like Wewo Quayon. Oh. Like that's, uh, that's what that would be. Oh, that's yeah. precious. Wes. Yeah, my mom loved me. Yeah, I was a real real mama's boy. <laughs> Did Pat, you have to like see? Please pass the Wewo Quayon. Oh, my God. Did you need to see like a speech therapist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took, uh, you know, special, not not special, but special speech classes in school. That's got to be tough. I rode a short bus. Yeah, it was real oh. normal. It was real normal uh, childhood. <laughs> that's got to be tough, though, to, to work on that. I can't imagine how to. Feed. It worked. Yeah, it worked out well. Worked out well. Came, Work, yeah. Worked out well. Worked out well. Well, well. <laughs> uh, but anyway. It's actually Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> so did you hear Bugs Bunny? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should have I went into voiceover acting. Oh, you could have just been done that. The next Bugs Bunny. In fact, your mom probably screwed you over more than anything. I think know. About it now. You could have been the next Bugs Bunny. Well, yeah. Well, she's paying for it, you know. That's, that's, <laughs> I could have paid off all the student loans at this point by now. With that. Oh, yes, you could but have. But Game of Thrones, yep. Season 8, Episode 5, The Bells. And we get... Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, much like we were talking about just now with the A-Force, and like we've done over the last couple of weeks, we're, we're talking about the Avengers, expectations versus reality. This mm-hmm. is a show where you have so much downtime between episodes, between seasons, right? I think it was almost a year and a half, two years between the, the, the uh, seventh season and this one. You build up expectations. You have a certain way in your mind's eye of how things are going to get played out. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, sometimes that fan fiction makes more sense in your mind yeah. uh, than the actual what being it, uh, inside the writer's room and actually how everything unfolds. It's true. Um, and I think that was kind of the take. I liked this week's episode. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest takeaway is obviously Danny fulfilling her uh, her destiny, whether she wanted it or not, as the Mad Queen. It, you know what? Um, somebody highlighted this on Twitter. Like every season, she has burned somebody alive. Yeah. Whether it's by the dragons or when she was captured um, at, by the Dothraki, that separate right. sect. Um, I, I have as much as that's true, and it makes total sense that she's gone Mad Queen, and it was a rumor that was going to happen before the mm-hmm. season. I've never been so disappointed in a character. Yeah, it was disappointing. I think to the people who didn't like this or like said this kind of came out of left field. Yeah, obviously the groundwork has been laid over the course of the whole show, but it, the. 
they landed the plane very roughly, right? It was kind of an abrupt landing to get there. Like it was very quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it took her all of two episodes to kind of do this. And then you see how one dragon could be so destructive when mm-hmm. she was real careless with three and two of them. To, yeah. You know, so it's kind of interesting. But I think in some ways it was abrupt, but I also think at the same time, when you look at how I mean, she killed her own brother, as much as right. she was a dick, she killed her own brother. Well, and she she did and she didn't. Right. right. She didn't I mean, exactly. Kyle Col- yeah, Drogo did yeah, it. Yeah. But but still, she didn't show much remorse when it happened. Again, he was a jerk. But right. to yes. not be remorseful about your own brother dying, it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of harsh when you, when you look at it now. I think the groundwork was set, but what the, the, the huge shift was how we saw her, we've seen her change so much since she got the news about John and pretty right. much right when Jorah died too because Jorah was the last guy. Well, she had Masande. Yeah. Yes. Those so, were, but those two coupled so close to one another and then obviously Rhaegal dying, mm-hmm. all three of those things happening. I think uh, compounded with the issue of realizing that everyone around her yeah. is conspiring against her. Right. I'm not in, in like I'm not in that camp that's mad about the episode. I thought it was a great episode. I yeah. really, it I really mean, flew by too. For yeah. Like an hour and twenty minutes or whatever it was. The only thing about it that was like kind of draggy was like, can you please stop burning everybody? I know it's it. kind of like please stop. But I, I do Just like that choice, right? Bit. Because they made it a point to show. From the aspect of, or the point of view of the the common people, right? Oh yeah. And, and for this whole time, everyone's been saying, "I want destruction. I want Danny on the dragon, setting shit on fire and tearing cities up and running ruckshaw on everybody." Mm-hmm. But you, you know, these they're real life consequences of those sort of things. So, <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, okay, you wanted this, but this is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's death. It's destruction. It's hor- horrific events and horrible ways to go out to people who don't need it. And yeah. this is what Tyrion was kind of foreshadowing, leading up to it, saying, you know, please be reasonable. These people didn't do anything. Because oh, Varys scared the crap out of him. Right. Who's now dead. Who's, who's now dead. But uh, like He needed to go. Good, yeah. good outing for him, by the he way. Did, yeah, I think Varys was one of the best characters on this show. And he was right. I mean, he said it right before he died. He said, I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't wrong. And I think we sh- I mean, for all of us on the outside, we could see she was starting to lose it mm-hmm. um, very quickly. And... You know, it, like my th- reason why I'm disappointed in Danny is not so much because I didn't think it was out of the realm of possibilities, just that she, in so many ways, wanted to do good. It seemed like, but she had good intentions. But yeah, yeah. but now once the whole thing with John happened, it's like, well, Danny, if you love him and you want to be with him, then why don't just you why don't you just be together and rule together? I mean, you're you right. Could, she could have a problem being with him. Like she's she's past the whole. But relationship. she knows that even if it, it were. Uh, bipartisan rulership, mm-hmm. it would still always be John's. You know, John would be that one A to her one B in the mind's eye of the public. Yeah, I guess because so. he's the local guy, he would have the the rightful you know heir to the the path to the throne. Yeah, I mean, you're, and he's the war hero. You're you're hundred percent right. But I never understood that line of thinking. Like, if you are one A and one B, like you're like to bring it to basketball because I will do that actually later on oh, in the show. Okay. Um, if you're, you know, Kevin Garnett and you're Paul Pierce, you know, okay. one A, one B. I, like I think that Rayon was clearly the three of that sure. big three. Yep. 
who cares? Like if you're on the mountain right now, you're mountaintop right now, you're the king yeah. in, in King B or whatever. Who gives a damn? Like you're but in the a best. show that's a whole of, all about climbing the ladder and yeah. ruling with power and ruling absolutely with power. Yeah, you're right. You know that that just can't happen. And she didn't come all this way and be earn all those titles in her name. Yeah, to be to be by a one A or one B. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 right about that. There's no there's no doubt in that. There. I just wish that. Uh, I think that anybody who thinks that they would handle things differently than Danny, I, I'm willing to bet maybe one in ten people would handle things differently than Danny. Yeah. It might be generous. I'd like to think I would, but I don't know. And I also would like to know— I wouldn't know, burn everybody alive, I'll tell you Right. That. Well, yeah. yeah. And I, like, I think, like you said, her actions are somewhat justified. You can, you can see how she got to that point. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, uh, ask the writers and the showrunners, why the bells set her off. Yeah, because you just saw her go absolutely bananas. And then she was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going I'm going out. Yeah, she must have said, you know what, I have them on the ropes. Like, yeah. You know what? These people are all the ones that cast out my family. They didn't do anything to help us. I'm done. I'm out. I'm yeah, burning yeah. them all alive. But you know, like, I wonder why. Cause she stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. You know, and then, and then you, she hears the bell. So it was like clear that she, and then she was like, yeah. Yeah. You know what, it, screw it. You know, I thought was an interesting choice before we get onto what else you have yeah. um, for the road to Westeros. But I thought that. It was an interesting choice that when it came in terms of uh, visuals and everything, we see Danny go crazy, we see the dragon take off, and then we never see a close-up of her the rest right. of the episode. It's just Drogon wreaking havoc, raining down hellfire on everybody and everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, no, but we don't see Danny again. I thought that was an interesting choice. I thought that was nice. And in some of the other breakdowns that I've heard through the ringer and that sort of thing, I uh, said that it was almost like a metaphor that she had become one with the dragon and the public just see does doesn't see her they just see the fire breathing dragon. Yeah. And yeah. I think it they also said it would be difficult to show like and it might be kind of cheesy to show her like grimacing on top of a CGI dragon looking down and she burn you, you know what I mean like yeah. I think I think you could probably get where she's Mm-hmm. You know, where her facial figures are, are looking like at that point. You know, I, yeah. I, I think the, the message gets pointed out without having to show her, her face. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, I think it does. Yeah. I thought it was, I think, I thought I it was get it, right? It was you a good move. It. it was a good move. Um, of course, the other big highlight is uh, Cl- Clegane Bowl 2019. Yeah, it's pretty finally, good. Finally getting that. Thumbs up, thumbs down on the Clegane Bowl. I give it a thumbs up to them. <laughs> It was great. The mountain, I, I didn't expect the dagger to the face wasn't going to work, I'll tell you that. Oh, right through the eye, and then through the belly, too, or the chest, or the first time, and oh. then get stabbed right in the neck and the traps. Like Those didn't surprise you as much. He's a zombie. you yeah. got to stab a zombie in the head. Like, That's I, true. That's a good point. So, But then he gets stabbed in the head, and then he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Which makes me wonder what Kyburn was doing. Kyburn. You know, like, how did he get him... Back and reanimated. Oh, like oh that. yeah, you, you know what I mean. Well, that like, guy got smoked. And he's not even a maester. Like he was disgraced from the maestership. Yeah, he got he got smoked. Oh yeah, too. yeah. Oh. That was that was like a cool, quick death for my man Kyber. I, I was a fan of that. That guy was a real pain in the ass throughout his his oh, time yeah. on the show. Great. I mean, he, he served a great purpose, but I, I was ready for him to go. He was always a little smug for me. Yes. You know, always a little too arrogant. He did it as comeuppings. Yes, he did. Yes. Listen to your queen. Yeah. No, that was done. But yeah, um, the hound going out, you know, in a blaze of fire, literally. Right. uh, Really respected the way his character evolved over the course of the show, saving Arya at the end. You know, quietly one of my favorite characters. Yeah, you know, not one of the main ones, but he always had a high, a high uh, slugging percentage with me. Yeah, he was he was a real badass. Other than at the uh, battle Battle of Winterfell, kind of right. 
you know, got a little soft there. But other than that, I mean, I thought he was a, he was a fun character. He was a good opposite of Arya. Um, weird. When they did the preview stuff for the show, mm-hmm. and they had you know like the main characters who've been on forever. That when he did his little interview, I didn't recognize him at first because half his face wasn't right, bright, right. and he had a full beard. So I was like, "Jesus, who, <laughs> who is this guy?" I was like, "Oh my god, that's, that's the Hound." Yeah, but yeah, nice touching moment with him and Arya at the end. Nice to see her kind of really take him in and say like, "Thank you, like for everything." Right, and, and a little better than Brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but she, and then she kind of goes away and realize after talking with the Hound, like, "Hey, this isn't worth it." Yeah. But you're so close to crossing, you know, the two names off your list in the mountain and and Cersei. You're there, right? Yeah, like, she was died. And then she, yeah, I, I the, get it because everyone they ended up dying anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know, she was just like, ah, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that she, you know, I think Wes, when you had the Battle of Winterfell, she experienced that fear of nearly dying multiple times at the hands of the White Walkers, and I'm sure that was a little bit of a like reality check for her. And I think. The hound, him telling her to go home, showed her, like, there are people who care about me. Right. So I, me necessarily going and turning into this rogue assassin, like, devil-may-care attitude, maybe it's not completely the right move to just be reckless. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's maybe I can serve a greater purpose and help other people out or something to that effect. What, I think, does she run back to Gendry now? Maybe. Take her up on the, the marriage offer. I mean, uh, I don't think I'd go that far. I, I, yeah, I'm I, sure it's still on the table. He looks very desperate. Yeah, I could also see Gendry, not that he's a bad dude, but I could. plenty of these guys in this show are, are idiots where they think with their uh, they think below the waist as opposed well, to sure. above it. And he'll probably think, oh, I'll just find another attractive girl who I don't care about as, who I don't care about as much as Arya, and then he'll wed her in like an instant, and then it's too late for Arya. Breaks but, your heart and he'll regret forever. But who forever. Were, like, you know, possibly shoot you in the face with an arrow a couple of times? You know, and then and then really take control mm-hmm. in the bedroom as well. Yes, no, no, know, there's like, not many yeah. women that can do that in, right. in any walk of life. Yeah, so I think you got to hold on to that when, once you got it. You yeah, know. but I mean, the world's ending and everything. That's yeah. true. Is it though? Like, is it ending? You know, I feel like you, you could just be on the precipice of starting something great, something yeah. new. It, it's definitely going to be something new. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we actually, I just want to get where you think this, you know, how they land this show. Oh, but, okay. Um, you know, Jamie and Euron, Cersei, that whole little thing moving. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool, um, you know, send off, cool fight for Jamie to kind of kill it. Euron. I don't understand the purpose of Euron Greyjoy's character in this show. Mm, I don't really much either, but I. He yeah. was just there when the plot demanded it, and they needed some sort of like a wild card sort of thing. Yeah, but I didn't hate the way he, like his presence on camera. You know, yeah, but from, from what I was told, care. Uh, he was supposed to be. Like, this real badass character in the books. Like, the worst of the worst. Like, what Ramsey Bolton is... It's like a scumbag more than a badass. Well, yeah, but, he, you know, he cuts out all the tongues of his... Uh, all of his uh, Iron Fleet. Jesus. So he's completely silent on there. He had this big horn that could really uh, bind with dragons. Okay. So he combined himself with dragons. But when any- anyone used it, like, their lungs exploded. You know, he was this... He's, like, really sailed the seven seas and seen everything. Jeez, and real like ruthless guy. But yeah, he, he was. He never really got. He got kind of more like Captain Jack Sparrow than. <laughs> I felt he was than more anything the, like I think that. there was some middle ground there, because um, Captain Jack was obviously a legend in his own right, but a little, a uh, u- little more useless at times. Right. But either way, I thought that um, I thought he was an annoyance at times, uh, for sure, in, in, for the sake of what, who we cared about in the course right. of the show. Um. Yeah, I guess you're right. We could have done without his character, but at the same time, he did have he he was there for a reason. He served a purpose. 
didn't serve it, I guess, as well mm-hmm. as, as he could have, especially when you explain what he was really like. Oh, yeah. And, w- and one of the breakdowns that I heard, too, was like, what if he wasn't supposed to be this big, uh, you know, big bad like he was in the books, but maybe someone who wanted the fame and was like supremely jealous of Jamie Lannister, because at yeah. the end he's like, you know, you're gonna kill two kings, and I'll be forever known as the guy who killed Jamie, King Lannister. killed Jamie Lannister, and like that's, you know, he was always prodding him, sleeping with Cersei, and had like the finger up the bum thing, and yeah. always making fun of him because of the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, there it was like, you know, some form of like jealousy there. So he's really I thought that was kind of an interesting take on he, it. And you think about it though, he's really not the guy that killed Jamie Lannister. No, he wasn't. No, really, Daenerys killed him. Right. Yeah. So suck it. Yeah, you like didn't bleed out at that point, right? Although, I don't know how you get up after getting stabbed in the chest and the ribs twice. I mean, he was going to die, but then he so he weakened him immensely, mortally wounded him, I would yes, say. yeah. But he wasn't dead yet. So right. think, think about it like this. You got to go for the head. If, if I went and you know, like stabbed him in the throat, right, and he didn't die on that moment, like let's say I cut his throat, he's not dying on the moment. It's going to take him a second. Right. But if I do that, and then you go and shoot him in the head, Right. And you're the one that killed him. I killed, yeah. Yes, we really missed him real, a lot, right. him, despite <laughs> was trying to fi- fictionally kill him. Right, yeah, so they didn't really show that one uh, pretty— But I thought that was a great death for Jamie, though, because it's finally there. Like, that's what he wanted, although he's still on major fuckboy status for up and leaving Brienne. Yeah, I don't— I, I, I wish that he never left. I really liked him and Brienne. She was sweet. He was not, but he was sweet with her. Right. And I really loved that dynamic. Um, I'm glad they at least got the— Get it on once. Um, yeah, no, he got what he wanted. He came, he con- you know, came and conquered and went. Yeah, I mean, she got, she kind of what got what say? she wanted. I don't know. What? Yeah, I, I mean, she was, you know, lost her virginity. I, I think anyone who kind of waits that long to give up their virginity and then suddenly has them leave like the next night. That sucks. Yeah, you know, like, it, it probably means more to her than obviously did to oh, him. Oh, of course <laughs> it know? did. Like, of course it did. She's out there planning the next 40 years of their life. We're going to go to Winterfell, raise a couple children. Yeah. But at least he was a dime. Got to give her that. Right. She's got game. Well, um, one, a one-handed dime. Yes. More like a nickel, I guess, at that point. What do you give um, – how do you feel about Cersei's death? Yeah, like she, like she like didn't really move anywhere. You know, you figure like after um, that whole shame episode, what was that, two seasons ago? Was that the end of season six? I think so. Right, yeah. So I, I think, think so. She like never really left the castle. No, she didn't. And but she died in the castle. I thought that was, but like every time you don't you never really see her like moving anywhere. It's always her, like overlooking the from the red keep from the castle. Yeah, or like sitting in her throne. Like she was like, like I feel like Bran was more more mobile than she was in <laughs> well, this these you know last what I two think seasons. With Cersei is that gets lo- got lost in this because I don't know how people felt about her, her death. I don't know if it was really appreciated. I could see people not liking it. Yeah. But the thing with Cersei has always been she is the most manipulative, conniving individual in the course of this show. Right. I know Varys is always you know talking behind closed doors and things like that, and Littlefinger was right there with Cersei, no doubt about but it. But she was the best of them at playing she, the game. She was because she hadn't, she never had to really do anything physically. Right. She just you know had the right people in place, made the promises that she needed to promise, and then go from there. And that's why when she said at the end of it, like. Oh, they're qu- they're gonna die for their queen. It's like she's been having people die left and right for her and work on her behalf the entire right. time. She expects them to keep going. And then the bell rings. They put the sword down. And it's like, oh damn, I'm screwed. Yeah. I am to- I am toast right now. And then she dies like freaking out behind uh, you know un- underneath the um, underneath the cat in the catacombs or whatever you call it underneath right. the castle. I think, I think that was Makor's. 
fast? Hold fast? Magor's hold fast? It was supposed to be some like dragon yeah, like right? crypts of Winterfell oh. type of thing. Okay, it crypts. That's but what yeah, that's yeah, what I was yeah. looking for. But she's dying there helplessly, and she can't do anything about it. And everything that protected her is now crumbling around her. Right. So and it's, it's kind of cool. They're standing like where the map of Westeros was on the floor, and mm-hmm. the whole place is crumbling around her. Like the whole we- of Westeros is crumbling around her. I think it was a very. I think it was a symbolic death. And if you think about it a little bit more, and yeah. you just listening to us, you're gonna you're gonna see that. It's just too bad because some of the little things. Um, you don't get to see as much of now because it's on such a fast track to close things. Yeah. Like, so, like, what happened with her baby? You know, the whole Valencar prophecy that was supposed to say that she was going to be killed by one of, you know, the little brother's throat, uh, little brother's hands wrapped around her cold, dead throat or something like to that effect hmm. never really came about. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, I, I'll, you know, those little things. But again, I'm not sure if they have the time to do all that. Yeah, and you know what? They, they've been so good at tying up loose ends in the course of this show. And to, for this to not happen at the end, I can see why it would stick out more than it would with other right. shows out and there. And the same thing with the Golden Company. Like, they made this big deal about <laughs> propping them up, and then they're gone, like, in an instant. I mean, talk about an overpowered character, Drogon. I mean, that right. was – we did not expect that at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To nothing. that level. I didn't. No, one. he came out and he got a full night's rest. He carved up the the night before and he was ready to go. Jeez. Um, expectations for the last episode? Who sits on the throne? You know what? Part of me still thinks it's going to be Danny in the end. I don't want it to be Danny. Oh, you think so? I so don't think this show is going to end well. I don't. I mean, why would it? It shouldn't end well in reality. People are going to be pissed about it, but th- it shouldn't end well. This is a miserable yeah, show. This is a tragedy. John, John or Arya has to kill Danny now. I think. You I would be surprised about is if John gets mortally wounded by mm-hmm. Grey Worm, and in oh, trying to attack okay. Danny. This is what's gonna be. This is what's gonna be. He's gonna get mortally wounded by okay. attacking Grey Worm. Then he go. Then he's outlast Grey Worm, and then he kills Danny. They die together, like on top of each other, or something like that. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Holding hands or something. Something to that effect. And then I think Tyrion. I think Tyrion then somehow becomes the person of power. No. And then he, but he's not going to want Tyrion. Like he's, he's a not bad gonna, decision no, maker. This is uh, this is where I wonder if this is where he puts uh, Sansa in charge. That's okay. how that's how it's going to happen. You want you your think going to be in charge? No okay. inside information, but that is my prediction officially right there. All spontaneous. Came so up they, on spot they've been that. really saying over the last course of the last few episodes uh, how much a reluctant hero is needed. The one who denies power is often the best suited for power mm-hmm. because they don't seek it out. So that. Of course, it uh, harkens Snow, back to Jon Snow, but it also harkens back to a conversation that Tyrion has with Bran. Oh no, you don't want him. Oh no, no, and no, he no, 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 but but hear me out. So he's the one who says he's like, I don't want anymore, and he lives in the past, and he is seeing all these past events, so he knows how to avoid making the same mistakes that were happening. Uh, you know, perhaps down the road, if you were to take take the throne, you want to piss everybody off. And like you're gonna you put Bran on the iron. This throat. also goes back to our, our no our one preview. will be happy about that. Not a single person will like that. This goes back to our preview uh, when we talked about who we thought would sit on the Iron Throne. I said, well, you know, I'll just go with the the top pick on uh, Bogata or Bovada Bovada. or whatever, uh, and it was Bran. And he is still the odds-on favorite to sit on the throne right now. So isn't that wild? Like, I, I wouldn't be crazy about that. No, but it does kind of make sense because they've they've said this now a couple of times where the, it's the reluctant hero, the one who denies the power, is often the one who's best suited for it. I don't like that ending, and I, what I like less about it is the fact that you might be right. 
Right? Like, but who else? Who else does? Like, I think Sansa would be ideally the best leader, but I don't see her leaving Winterfell ever I, again. John would be well. John makes a lot of dumb decisions too. I don't know if he would be. John ideal. would be a good leader too. Yeah, but he makes some. He makes some dumb decisions. I mean, the whole thing with Danny. He's but is that too on the nose too? Yeah, is that like yeah. the it will what be, everyone's it, expecting? It, and it the, won't be John. It won't be John. I think that honestly, though. I mean, see, the thing having Sansa on the throne is too is kind of a happy ending. Right. So that probably won't happen. But I think most people would like the way I wrote it out. Okay. I think that I think it would be the that would be the best one, and I think Arya people would be happy about too. Of course, Bran yes. will piss people off, and honestly, I might be in that camp. I want nothing. Yeah, it, it depends on how they would do it, but uh, just on what I laid out, I wouldn't be happy with myself. <laughs> you know, like if I wouldn't be happy with my my choice of thought there. No, but you're not. You're not, it's not illogical, unfortunately. Okay, well, I have to take a, a urine break. Oh, We're okay. going to take a short little break here. We're going to come back, and we'll be uh, discussing our main topic, the coup de gras, if you will. Ooh. Who is the main protagonist of the Infinity Saga, the first 22 movies in the MCU history? Yes. Tony Stark or Steve Rogers? I've been waiting for this for so long. Back after this. Okay, and we're back with our main topic here. Who is the main protagonist of the Infinity Saga, the first 22 movies in the MCU's history? Uh, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, or Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America? I think this is an easy answer. It's, uh, why did we? Who thought this was a good idea to do this for a full episode? I mean, you know, well, I, I have the right answer, and then you have yours. No, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, but whoa, before yeah. we get into that, <laughs> this is just a quick, some quick notes on Avengers Endgame and where we're at three weeks in since its release. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the third straight week that Avengers Endgame was number one in the box office, pulling in another $63 million. It's a notable decline, though, because mm-hmm. week one was obviously $357 million. This is just domestically. Yep. Oh, okay. um, and then 147 million in week two, so that was almost a 50 percent drop off, and then again uh, more than 50 percent drop off between weeks two and weeks three. So the 63 million, real quick, is that that's just domestic? Yes, Got but it. this okay. is bringing the grand total to 2.4 billion mm-hmm. worldwide, which means they're roughly 300 million behind Avatar for the top movie, uh, grossing movie ever. Yeah, I don't pass it. I think my 3.5 million, I think, was a little aggressive. I think I said it was going to get to 3.3, yeah. 3, surpassing 3 million. So it would still need another billion, billion right now. Billion, excuse me. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to pass 3, three billion. I think the, the Avatar <laughs> thing is kind of in question for me. Mm. 300 million? I don't think so. I, I don't think, I mean, I guess it's, I know it's a lot, but I mean, I mean, Wes, they've been out for three weeks. This movie's not going to be around for only one more week. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's going to be there for a while. I understand It might that, be closer than we thought initially. Yeah. I'll give you that, but I think it'll pass it for sure. And then once you actually get some movies of some significance, I'm sure John Wick will, will take a good uh, dent into the armor there. Yeah, but I think people, I think there are still, I don't know. Something tells me there's still a group of people, like a decent chunk of people who have not seen this movie yet, who weren't like making it a priority like we did to see yeah, it right away. Yeah, but I, I just struggled to find those people. I'm not sure if I want to know Well, I told people. you when I went out to the wedding, I mean, a lot of the guys that I'm like... But that's that's a one week out, right? Uh, one week after the release? That was... One full week? Oh, yeah, I guess so that was the second weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been this... Yeah, because we did our second episode. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. Right, so so yeah, maybe they all I saw it. Like I would hope that if you're, you know... Yeah. Something you're, this is interests you and excites you. Oh, dude, you would so go out and see quick, it. Quick little side note. So for those who who don't know, I do the baseball podcast. Seems mm-hmm. legit as well. And my co-host um, is a fan of what we do as well, uh, Lopez. And he saw Endgame, and we talked about it briefly. I wanted to know his take on it, and he was like, "Eh, 
How, really? How can you say eh? He's seen all of them except Captain Marvel. Okay. All right. Like he's seen everything. How can you say eh after that? Well, apparently Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors oh. walked out with an hour to go. Get out of my face with that! You missed the best part of the movie. I, yeah. I loved Clay Thompson too. That dude rains down. I'm a big Clay Thompson fan. Oh, yeah. rains down from deep. Get out of my. You're dead. He's to a good two way defender too. Yeah. 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 Two way player. One of the better in the league. Dead to me, Clay That's, Thompson. It's, it's disappointing. Um, Speaking of disappointing, let's hear your takes on why you think Steve Rogers is the main protagonist here. Okay, so yes, I am pro. I think this is just crazy. I think I am pro Cap in the course of all this. So we're talking Endgame and Infinity Saga in the course of this. So it's an end, Endgame is a Cap movie over an Iron Man movie simply because he has more screen time. First of all, oh, four minutes. We're, we're quabbling, but okay, it's more. It's more okay. time. Okay. Um. So uh, I mean, if you win by one run in a baseball game or two points in a basketball game, whatever, it doesn't matter. You won, right? But if you listen to Felger and Mavs Radio, there is such a thing called uh, a fake win. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, well, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I don't uh, – I mean, I'm not – I'm on the other side of the uh, – That's true. I'm not sure side. if I can b- bring it up your, your direct competition like that anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, but in Endgame, he has the best moments, the most screen time. He has a beautiful ending. He um, – what was it? They made a point to have his replacement because – the world needs Captain America. Steve Rogers has made it where they need okay. that type of leader. And Sam Wilson, again, is the perfect replacement over Bucky Barnes because he's going to follow as best he can what Steve did. And then, um, I mean, I, I guess the best moments among those is the Mjolnir moment. And sure, he's worthy. And then uh, the whole Avengers Assemble thing, they made a point like we have to have this. You, you, mean, right. you, you make that a priority for a character that important because he has done so much. But that's when it comes to just the movie alone. Mm-hmm. Do you have? Did you want to go with your movie alone thing, or do you want me to keep going? Well, I would say the to, to poke a hole in your argument here. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. Captain America is replaceable. Is that that's what you're telling me? I'm sa- no, I'm saying there's a necessity. He's he's, not, re- he's replaceable. They have to have him. I wouldn't say he's replaceable. I mean, Steve, Falcon's not going to be as good as Steve Rogers, but he's always going to think, what would Steve do? Who's Who's smart enough to play Iron Man to create their own suit like that? Anyone can get juiced up with a super serum. You're right. I mean, anybody and can get, you get up stuck with, with a shield. But you're not. But you have to have the right person. Army. You have to have the right person to do it. You have to have a guy who's willing to sacrifice himself who's, for everybody. Who's the right guy in the comics to replace Iron Man? Riri Williams, Ironheart. Who's the the daughter? No, it's a it's a different chick. It's just someone completely different. Someone completely different. I don't know much about her. I haven't I haven't read much, but I know there's a. Ironheart Riri Williams. But is that Iron Man? No, it's not Iron Man. But maybe the world can survive without Iron Man. I don't know. I think think we're starting to see in the trailers of Far From Home that that life is tough to move on without Iron Man. He's a a real icon. For Spider-Man. Well, around the world, too. He's got murals everywhere. Because he made the ultimate sacrifice in the end. He deserves to be. Exactly. He deserves to be recognized like that. So what I got here, the first bullet point that I put down for, for Iron Man, the whole MCU begins with him. Mm-hmm. He's the catalyst for all of this. If that movie was not the hit that it was, it does not set off the chain of dominoes to lead us to where we are currently talking about Avengers Endgame and really craving this content and doing deep dives of all these characters and nitpicking and all that sort of thing. It all starts with him. True. It all starts with Tony Stark. It starts with the fact that Robert Downey Jr. has done such a good job in his portrayal as Tony Stark slash Iron Man that they have retconned the comic books to play Tony Stark's role and no longer the bel- crazy belligerent drunk that right. he was. He, like the, 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 one, the character that we see in the MCU has now been adopted into the comics. 
mm-hmm. which is initially the other way around, right? So he's done such a good job that he's forced to com- the original source material to no longer be there. But uh, that is a, a separate side point. I mean, he here. started out like the the original character too. I mean, he was he was reckless, sure. drunk. Con- I mean, he wouldn't say he but was it, drunk, uh, but, but he's changed the you know the the character and he's done such a good job with the character yeah. who it is at the. the you know, this forced the hand of the comic books to, to kind of recreate it. Mm-hmm. But then you see his growth of selfish, you know, playboy arms dealer in the very beginning of the movies. Uh, then then to someone who's a self-aware world protector. Mm-hmm. You know, he's um, it's woven throughout the eight movies that he appears in. Yep. You know, so you get the three Iron Mans, you have the three Avengers, you have Civil War, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. Right. So is that six, seven, eight. Yes. Yeah. By my count, that's what I got. And, I mean, you know, he may have appeared in the uh, Incredible Hulk. We're not sure about that. Maybe yeah. he was. Uh, but so I think it's woven throughout that entire story. You know, you see his ups and his downs, and you see that shift as we talked about in a, you know one of our many Avengers uh, main topics here. How he goes, you know, him and, and and Captain America really shift in who they are from being the selfish guy who's doing things for his own, uh, you know, personal gain. Who's someone who's paying the ultimate sacrifice? Right. I, by the way, real quick, side note: I think he actually had nine. Oh. Not, to, not to help your argument more, because well, it's, yeah, it's the three Iron Man movies. Mm-hmm. It's Civil War, mm-hmm. Spider Man, and then four Avengers movies. It's four Avengers movies. Yeah, because you have Endgame. Yeah. You have Ultron. Oh. You have um, the original Avengers. You have Infi- Inf- original Avengers and Infinity War. Yeah. Okay. All right. So nine of nine. them. And then seven for Captain America. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank anyways, you. thank you very much. Back to what you were saying. Well, no. So I was just thinking. You know, they they really switch uh, roles there at the end. Cap is making you know making the decisions based off of himself. Uh, you know, going into like nomad status there with the beard and and mm-hmm. the secret uh, secret Avengers. Yep. Right in Infinity War. Um, to ultimately going back and you know putting a hole into the space time continuum <laughs> and creating a whole nother timeline so he can essentially uh, live the life that he never. I had. think they already had created another world by doing the things that they did with Loki. Well, getting yeah. away because of whose fault? But he didn't help that though. Yeah, he he didn't help that. Cause. He if, ha- if, if, it, if it I didn't happen, then you know it could have happened with him. I think it was everybody's fault. Well, yeah. In the end. I don't think it was. Uh, you're gonna blame Cap for going and having that life with Peggy. I'm going to say that Tony Stark didn't do that. I think Tony Stark definitely had a hand in it because what happened with Loki? Whose fault was that? Well, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't? No, he got ran into by the Hulk. I, that I think was just a, a series of bad events. I think that was absolutely Iron Man's fault. How gotta, so? Got to have better awareness. Got to know what's going on. <laughs> know your surroundings. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if he's supposed to be the point guard and the leader of, the, of that team, then he's got to know what the hell's going on. But he also tells Vision. old Captain America... That, hey, you know, Bucky Bucky lives. He gives him a little little glimpse of when into the future. He had to to get out of that situation. Desperate well, don't, times don't, call for desperate measures. Don't find yourself in that situation. Be more aware. Have your head in the swivel. Uh, I, I, I think that he did exactly <laughs> what was the right move there. Cat okay. does no wrong. Cat does no wrong, my And You know why? Because with him, the biggest thing— He refused to sign the Sokovia Accords. We're going to get to that. That is where, Remember I said the whole basketball point? Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of okay. what, where I'm going to go to. But I'm going to save that a little bit for later because that's, I think, my strongest point in all this. I don't like leading with my strongest argument. I like to save it for later, build up. Sure, right. The whole grenade scene that happens in Captain America First Adventure is mm-hmm. why Cap is the ultimate superhero in the course of all this. Because even when you look at the Avengers and how they stack up strength-wise, where would you say he ranks the original six Avengers? You have Black Widow, I would say, behind him. Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye behind yeah. him. Then you have Iron Man. I'd say Iron Man's stronger than him. 
Yeah. Because of this, obviously, this suit. You have Thor, stronger obviously, than him. Yeah. And then you have Hulk, obviously. So he's number four in the course of all that. Yeah. But it's close between him and Tony Stark, I would say. And I think Civil War kind of shows that. You think so, or do you think that Tony held back a little bit? I'm, I think I'm they go. both were holding back, to I be think, honest with you. I think in that right. final fight scene that Tony could have done a lot worse to Cap. Then yeah. he, as, as much as Cap went to town on him, I think that he, if he just wanted to blast him in the gut, he could have done that. Once Cap got on the, you know, on the inside and started working the body a little bit, <laughs> head, head body, head body. <laughs> this, uh, is, this is true. This is true. Cap, Cap went to town. but That I think, inside game is tough. Yeah. I think he knew that, to- that Iron Man, the Iron Man suit could take it more, um, it could take, it, take plenty of a beating. Yeah. But either way. Yeah, he, he's. I would say he's the number four either way. Okay, I can okay. go with that. If yeah. you want to say he's the three, that's. Uh, I think you're giving him a little too much credit, and 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 it's not a bad thing necessarily. But he is the leader of the bunch, the moral leader of the bunch, the guy who keeps them going, moving in the right direction at all times. But he strays from that though. Where? In Civil War. I don't think he does. Well, I was always I'm, I was Team Cap in Civil War. Really? Oh yeah. Always, I, I, he was a war criminal. That's where he won me over. He was a war criminal because he wanted to go and deal with Tony's BS rule of Sokovia Accords and registry and registration and stuff like that. It takes away from everything that they've been doing. They needed to be put in check. They did not need to be put. They need. You know who needed to be put you in know check? The lives were, were lost in Sokovia in the Battle of New York. Well, because of all the chaos that ensued. What happened? Whose fault was Sokovia? Uh, well, I would say it's it's Tony Stark, and that's part of the reason why he's the main protagonist in that, is that he's a flawed individual who's made mistakes, who's single-handedly responsible for most of the events that occurred uh, throughout the MCU's history, good or bad. Okay. Well, if you want to take that route, I guess that, that, that I can buy into that a little bit, but I think the yeah, reason— Yeah, and that's, I think that's the what you always seek out of uh, a main uh, character, no matter what it is, just in storytelling. You're looking for a flawed individual. Mm-hmm. Who is looking to, uh, you know, right their wrongs and, and find some peace in the world and find some some acceptance in their place in the world, and I think that's what you get out of Tony Stark, which is something that I I don't think you see. I, I look at Steve Rogers as a, a very bland, boring character, much like like Superman is in a lot of sense. Oh, that no, not on the same yeah. level. There's more yeah. personality there, but if I had to make you know a DC comparison, mm-hmm. um, I kind of see Superman as that. You know, cornbread, all-American, perfect, never does anything wrong. When it comes to the comics— and that's I, not always appealing, I think, to I, No, I think, that's, I think that's fair, and that's why I never really bought into Superman. And, and mm-hmm. when I've tried to read Captain America comics, it's like, what are we doing here? There's really not—I mean, it's just—it's way too cheery. But I right. think with, with, with Chris Evans' portrayal of the character— Who's done a great job. Yes. I mean, look, look— at the end of it all, I, I very much appreciate Iron Man and love Iron Man. I mean, the in terms of the start of the MCU, you're a hundred percent right. Iron Man is why we are here today, talking about all this stuff. That flops. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's like uh, contract ramifications and everything. In, in the Disney's not going to invest all this money. Yeah. So I give him that. But when it comes to Cap, he is. I think he is more flawed than people realize. I think this is a guy who always felt like he was the underdog. He always was the underdog. He still is the underdog when it comes to. A, a lot of circumstances and all the well, especially the, the last couple of events when it goes out to space, like he's kind of out of his element. Totally there. out of his yeah. element. Where Iron Man can hang, mm-hmm. and I think the big thing with, and I think that he's constantly trying to do what was right and defend the people that can't be defended, much like Bucky did for him when he was that little pipsqueak and right. he just couldn't hang with anybody. But he was always willing to fight and stand up for what was for what was right, and I think that somewhat annoys people. 
Because Superman's kind of the same way. But the thing with Superman that I get is he's so overpowered that it's just like it's not it's, – right. it's too much. Like he, he, So, yes, the good thing's going to happen all the time, every time. But with Cap, the good thing's not always going to happen. Look what happened in the first movie. He had to die. He had to sacrifice himself with the Tesseract mm-hmm. because they couldn't – there was no other way around it. And I think that's what gets lost here. And then you look at what happened in Winter Soldier, which is the which is the best sequel – I, I don't. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I mean, because maybe well, you consider Endgame a sequel to Infinity War, I mean, but yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. It's, a, it's the fourth Avenger movie. I wouldn't say if you right. if you want to count Endgame, then yes, obviously Endgame is the best sequel. But I would say that if we, so, I'll make it a little more niche or whatever. Solo superhero right. sequel, bar none. Winter Soldier is the best one. Period. Yeah, people and people often think about that before you know these last two Infinity. War movies and Endgame movies came out as one of the top three, mm-hmm. you know, MCU movies in the in the catalog. I think I had it as top three for me because I think I had uh, Guardians and uh, Guardians right. one, and yeah. then uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and Black Panthers on there. I think Spider Man Homecoming's on there for a lot of people. They're up on my list, but they're not. I wouldn't put those. I think those three Civil. I mean, uh, uh, Winter Soldier being the third. I yeah. think we're all there. And I actually put Civil War a little lower on that list, but a lot of people love that movie too. I, I I thought it was really good. I just there's so many good movies out there. It's yeah. hard to, you know, you're going to see some good ones lower on the list. But so I think Cap has more flaws than people give him credit for. But because he's such a righteous dude. <laughs> Not and yeah, it sounds so lame coming out of my mouth, but because he's such a good guy and always wants to do the right thing, maybe some people don't like that because they can't be like him. You know what I mean? I'm, I can't be like that. I mean, well, no, I think that's the problem too. Is it's the relatability factor, right? And you see this, and it's like, yeah, you, know, you go you, you go to high school with these people. It's the Mister Perfects. It's the eager beavers. You know, the the person who raises their hand and says, uh, "Teacher, you forgot to give us our homework." Uh, you know, like that type. Of, and you're like, "Come on, man!" Like. <laughs> Like that's kind of what the whole language thing, and I think they kind of do a good job of like poking fun of that and yes. kind of having. But they don't um, do it too much. They no, do it in the comics. No, no. The comics is where he's really like that. But here he's 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 less so, and I think that's why he was a successful character. And honestly, Wes, I think his villains are pretty cool too. The ones that we dealt with. I mean, Red Skull was a pretty pretty right. intimidating villain, and I thought Winter Soldier was. I mean, and you don't really get Zemo, you know, the real Zemo in there. Mm-hmm. But he's a you know big. A, he a did good a good bad. job, but he, yeah. he he served his purpose. Right, right, That's right. For damn but sure. it wasn't the comic book you know mastermind. Although you can make an argument that he is one of the better MCU villains. Yeah, I, yeah, you could because he's not. I mean, I think the well, there's one complaint with the, with the mirror reflection characters all the time. Right, like Winter right, Soldier right. was that, but I like that too. I mean, it works. Well, it introduces Bucky Barnes too, which was great, even though he's a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. Uh, both the character and Sebastian Stan, I think he's just—they're just being held hostage in like Kevin Feige's basement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just bring him out whenever they. All right, we're shooting. We need you now. What else you got though for Iron Man? Uh well, it's like I like how the play, and we've talked about this a lot uh, when we talked about Batman, but the idea of Tony Stark versus um, Iron Man, right? Two two kind of different characters, maybe not to the same extent as Bruce Wayne and and Batman yeah, is. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, I think the the same idea kind of carries over there. And the idea of, you know, after around Iron Man 3, they started shifting away from Iron Man the superhero and more Tony Stark, the man behind the mask, which, okay. I, which I liked as well, which I think that's also pivotal when you're fleshing out the character, is that you kind of see a well-rounded fullness of him, um, you know, wh- whether they're going back and he's dealing with, you know, his troubled relationship with his father and the barf technology and then, you know, obviously dealing with the untimely death and news of how his parents really died in Civil War. Yeah. 
um, or you know the stuff with Pepper Potts uh, in Iron Man three, or even in Infinity War and, and Endgame here. Um, you know the stuff with his PTSD in Iron Man two. You kind of get this full, well-rounded look that comes with being in nine movies and being the first person uh, to kind of set off this whole run. Mm-hmm. They, that I, I don't think the other characters are necessarily afforded. I think Cap is the closest one to that, but I, I think he's the one that gets that main focus over the breadth of these 22 movies. And you see it too, you know, with that kind of father mentorship, uh, even with, with Peter Parker and homecoming and then all, you know, mm-hmm. the other civil war and the other movies that he appeared in. Yeah. That's a fair point. he's definitely, he's, there's definitely a, a shift in how that character develops. But I think that with cap, there is some of that too. We saw in Avengers um, age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. I remember when Scarlet, Witch does the little hallucination that he right. uh, goes through. One thing that kind of popped out of that was, is Cap someone who can just never, ever be away from war? Like, is he just hell-bent on always being at war, always fighting constantly? He mm-hmm. cannot enjoy the the happy life because he just wants to always defend people and, and be that champion for the little guy. And then we see by the end of it, like, he misses it. He misses that opportunity he could have had with Peggy, the pure love that they had right. for one another, which is just, again, like, you know, you, you want to see the flawed relationships now. You see those in movies all the time. Where I, I love a, a good love story where it works out well. Like that's kind of why I like the, the longest ride. But even then, there's there's a lot of flaws in the course of that. Great movie, highly recommend it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, my point is that with with those two, it's it, there. It's very special, and he finally comes back around to realizing like I've done so much, and I've helped everybody. I think to the extent that I can. I have someone who can do an excellent job in, in my place, along with everybody else that's mm-hmm. around defending Earth, that now I need to go and live a real life and take advantage of that. And, and I can put myself and make myself number one in my relationship with the woman I love, number one. So I think there's a there's a change in him, too, as well. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with it. I just think, again, I think the the breadth of the, the overall story arc from these 22 movies goes back to first and foremost, Iron Man. If I can make a baseball reference here. Oh. Captain America is your manager. Tony Stark is the general manager. He's the, he's the oh. president of baseball operations. Oh. He's the one who's setting everything into motion, carrying out the orders and the, and the plans that were laid forth by, by Iron Man. I would, I would go as far to say that Iron Man is more the owner who wants to do a okay. ton of stuff. Well, yeah, but I, I'm saying Cap's, a level of hierarchy. Right, but, yeah. but Cap's the one who always has to keep him in check. He's always the one that says, this isn't going to work. And, and that's going to go to my, my stronger point but, a little bit later. But. but what didn't work? He was right about pre- pretending a uh, protective suit around the world and, and saying that that up there is the end game. Okay. I want to... I need to get into my, my main point. The, the last thing that I wanted to say that was like minor was yeah. his hand-to-hand combat fights are the absolute best in the MCU. His but again, gets rendered kind of meaningless when you ultimately end up in space. I mean, yeah, sure, it's it's not as as uh, powerful, I guess, but that's part of what Cap is. He's not this guy who's overpowered and can ha- hang with aliens to the same extent as Iron Man in his overpowered right. suit, um, as much as he deals with plenty adversity along the way. So my. Um, so, again, I, like I said, I was going to make a basketball comparison. If you guys have followed the Celtics at all this year, you know that there was some drama throughout the course of oh, the season. Oh, to say the least. So it, it, Fuck that team. As someone who, who <laughs> covers the, that team, it's, uh, it was fairly nauseating at times. really made baseball season kicking off uh, a real delight, I right. would say. 
Um, a lot of content for you, though. Content oh. out the wazoo. Yeah, and it's not slowing down at all. <laughs> no, I, I no, it's it. only going to pick up, I, I just think, saw that now. the Knicks are interested in Terry Rozier. What, how are you interested in Terry Rozier when you're interested in trying to get Kyrie, too? Like, you're just asking for Well, I think you just throw anything out there and hope it, uh, whatever sticks. Yeah. So, anyways, um, when, I look at, when I look at Cap and Iron Man, and I'm trying to think of a comparison of two individuals that have had to coincide and work together. Mm-hmm. That for some reason, this Celtics team, I guess probably because I'm around, I'm dealing with it so much, they come to mind. Okay. When I think of Captain America, I honestly, and I look at the Celtics team, he's Marcus Morris. Okay, He is a guy who's not the best guy on the team, not the most powerful guy on the team. And this is making your argument yes, right here? because he was— The guy who's not going to be on the team next Luke year? was the leader <laughs> of that team. 100%. He was the guy who said the right things to the that. media, was there trying to deal with all the BS, whether it was Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving. He was the one that was there to steer, try and steer the ship and keep everybody on track. You, wanna, you don't think Al Horford is that? No, no. And if you want to say Marcus Smart, it's honestly, I, I put them kind of in the same book, but okay. I, I take Mook because I kind of like him a little more, and he was like the, the fourth best scorer on the team, something to that effect. But my point is more so, he's that guy on the team, You want to he could be like a Jason Veritek or something, where he's that leader, he's the guy who's the voice of the team and does what's what's right. I don't mm-hmm. know Veritek as well. I mean, I was a kid when he was playing, so it's sure. different. Yeah, yeah, but I think you got it. So you get my point. Now, I pick Mook more so because the Iron Man comp jumps out to me, because Iron Man's Kyrie Irving, a thousand percent. Well, I, I think you can say that early on. I, I vehemently disagree with that. Okay. Based on the Sokovia Accords, Ultron, and the way he handles Cap when he gets back to Earth. And he says, you said we were going to we were gonna, uh, we win together and we lose together. And then when we lost, you weren't there. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure he was trying to hold, hold shit down when they were fighting on Earth. Was he not? Well, you know, he was also, you know, drugged up and on his deathbed, uh, traveling in space with zero oxygen. As f- but to assume <laughs> right that after he did, that did, moment, you assume that Cap did nothing in the course of all this. You think that Thanos was just coming to Titan and that was it? Well, what did he really do? He tr- he did his damnedest to fight back again. Fourth strongest character. No, the no plan. Avengers. But there was no plan to it. It was just let's just send out all of our troops. Let's send uh, the battle to Wakanda. And uh, let's just hope for the best. Well, and, what and was what was Captain America's plan in Infinity War? Well, how well did Iron Man's plan work out? It worked. Did it? Until Peter Quill showed up. Until, well, until, until they found out about Gamora's death. They had it. It was a plan that was actually laid forth. Plans laid out. Well, if you're going to do this, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this, and at this moment, we're all going to come together and do this. Well, if Iron Man had the wherewithal to know his team and realize what was happening in front of him, he just met Peter Quill five minutes ago. But he saw what was going on. He clearly saw he was losing it. So then you set your little your little blaster hand to stun, and you get him out of there, and then boom, you try and pull off the gauntlet and go from there. Easy in the moment, but I'm just saying there was a plan laid forth. There was a way. There was a a path to stopping Thanos that was nearly there. My that was not laid out. Like Captain America's idea was, hey, let's just go out there and hope for the best. Oh, he, he, dude, he, you think he just looked at it all cavalier? They had a plan trying to destroy the Infinity Stone. I mean, the the last, yeah, the last Infinity Stone as well. So it wasn't like they were just doing nothing. They were trying to get Vision set up so he could help out with the fight, get that done, and then have Scarlet Witch disintegrate the last Infinity Stone, the, the Soul Stone that was left. Or no, I'm sorry, the, um, the Mind Stone. Right. That was all that was left. I think that was a pretty damn good plan where Thanos would have nothing. How is he going to go back in time and figure all that out? It would, it would not have been so simple to pinpoint that. I'm just, I, listen, this is the point that I'm saying. We, for better or for worse, these are the things that Tony uh, Stark is responsible for. Without Tony Stark's mind... You don't have the safety valve of the Hulkbuster suit. Okay. And Veronica, right? Starting out in the early goings. Fine. 
We don't get a recruited Spider-Man or Peter Parker into the fold. Mm-hmm. We don't get Vision. Don't, he's not even there. Not even an option. Because we also don't have Ultron. Uh, Rhodey remains paralyzed. Oh, now you're going to go and say that you want War Machine around when you said he was not good. In no, I'm not a big game. fan of him. Yeah. But again, you're, you're talking about impact on, on the world that's there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's, another, that's another roster spot filled there because of him. Fair enough. He, you don't hatch the first plan to capture Thanos, as I already mentioned on Titan. Uh, you don't save Doctor Strange. You know, it doesn't save Doctor Strange's life when uh, when they kill Ebony Maw up, the, up in, uh, mm-hmm. in the spaceship there. Mm-hmm. Which, again, huge, huge portion of that is getting keeping Doctor Strange alive so they can figure out the 14 million different scenarios in which they lose just to have that one win. You don't kill Ebony Maw. You also don't create time travel. Mm-hmm. Without Tony Stark, that's important. None of that. You you don't create Ultron, which again do, doesn't add to the story. Although it's a negative, it adds to the overall story and impact of who Tony Stark is and it's his importance negative, to though. the M- M- MCU. Which brings it back to my Kyrie point. Also responsible single-handedly for Sokovia and for creating Scarlet Witch. What is, these are uh, some other things there. Uh, so yeah, again. War Machine, Hulkbuster, Vision, Spider-Man as heroes. You get Whiplash, the Mandarin, Ultron, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Black Widow, Nick Fury, Agent Coulson, Pepper Potts, Happy Hogan, all who were introduced through his story arc, single-handedly because of him. You don't have those characters if you don't have Tony Stark in this You're going to cite world. Whiplash and the Mandarin as characters that we were they're, they're happy part, to have? They're a part of there, though. I actually really like the Mandarin. The Mandarin was a great, you great twist. Them? You did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had been led to believe the Mandarin was like a real badass in the comics. Yeah, was, no, I know. I was like, uh, me not knowing the comics or anything, like that's where, where my. I thought that was a really nice twist because I was really like. And it was right during the height of like the Osama bin Laden type stuff, so. Yeah, it didn't. It, uh, that didn't piss me off, I think, as people who, who read Iron Man are faithful to his character. But, you know, those are the characters who, who have spawned off of. You know, I'm not sure the same could be said if you run down that list with Captain America. You have Red Skull, right? You have Falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Bucky Barnes. Yep. You have uh, Pepper or I think a, a, uh, Agent Carter. I think you have a lot more. Div- you have um. Well, you have uh, eight, which car- You have both Agent Carters. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You have the further development of Nick Fury. I would say he developed most in Civil War. That's where he probably got his most screen time. I think. I mean, not the four Civil War. Um, the first Avengers. Win- Winter, Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Even more so. Well, yeah, but he was pretty Cap big. Cap is in, the first Avenger, Iron, uh, by the way. I'm li- I'm burying the lead big time. He's the first Avenger. I know, but but. Not he's the he's the first Avenger, kind of like how like Carol Danvers was the first Avenger. Like she's not really involved in it, but it just preceded all the events. It wasn't until Iron Man came about that they thawed out Captain America, because Captain America had been frozen. I understand that but he didn't have a team though. Right, so they waited till others like Captain Marvel came he along. He needed to be led, is what I'm saying. They, you needed to have a leader to come out and and kind of oh, steer the ship. He, oh, Cap was the leader. He needed more help though. He's a war soldier. He, yeah, he's a war soldier for sure. But he's a what do what do soldiers power. do? They take orders. All of them? Yeah. I think there's some generals. Everyone's in, got a boss. Oh, oh, and Tony Stark has no boss. He is the boss. Yeah. He's the like I, you said. He's the owner. He's he's the owner. You said it yourself. He, yeah, but just because you're the owner does not mean you're the person in charge. When you think of the Red Sox, you think of John Henry or Dave Dombrowski first. A lot well, of ba- I, a lot of sports talk. I think I think Dave Dombrowski takes his orders from John Henry. I think that Dave Dombrowski does does a lot of the decision making. Well, yeah, but when John Henry wants something done, you better believe Dave Dombrowski is going to do it. I'm sure there's some things that he has to do, but there are. But you think he's just saying yes to everything that he says? 
You think that John Henry's going to make all the right baseball decisions? I would say no, because he's not a. He's I would not, say that's a good a good way to keep your job. It might be a good, <laughs> that, that that's that's not a terrible point. But when it, to bring it back to the some of the bad decisions that he's made, where he's been, you know, he's just made the decision without checking in with Cap or anything like that. Right. The whole idea of having Ultron and needing him to protect you guys from everything, or the idea of the Sokovia Accord to keep all the heroes in check. I think, again, to bring it back to the Kyrie point, he's trying to do too much, and he's trying to reinvent the wheel and make it where it's like, this is, this is, a, this is really what we want to do. This is really the better way of getting things done. But it's not what, reinventing the wheel. They have never seen anything enter the stratosphere like the Battle of New York. They're trying to make it right. You're right. But they're trying to create the superhero, recre- like recreate the superhero group that they have by creating this overpowered uh, character, we'll just you yeah. say, individual that can now protect everybody else. But how as a genius do you not foresee that, you know, this could kind of go sideways? You know, well, oh, you're real smart if you're not looking looking that far into well, the future. If you had Cap there, he would have when you were doing it, he would have said no. He would have said, This is what's gonna happen, Tony. You need to take the steps to make sure this does not happen. Well, first of all, it didn't it didn't happen. They didn't create it, right? It, they finished the job on its own. Right, so mm-hmm. they like they all him and Banner left, and they're like, "All right, let's go get some shut eye or whatever. Go to that party." Mm-hmm. And they come back, and then it's all created. So he didn't exactly figure it out, but his intentions were good. And had Ultron been there, been the so vision, were Caps when he was defending uh, infin- the uh, Wakanda. His intentions were good. Yeah, but he had no plan. He was like Jon Snow running out there. I'm saying it's convenient to say that his intentions were good when he executed poorly. If you want to say that Cap executed yeah. poorly, then so did Iron Man. Again, he but he had a plan. The idea was there, not just like, hey, let's one. just run out there and throw a couple punches. It was a, it was a bad plan. In like, the end, I would but say. also, this also goes into every like it's not it's it's not an easy road to navigate as a main protagonist of anything. You're gonna have your trials, your tribulations, and it's it's how you redeem yourself at the end of it. And that's a, a fully redempted, flawed character by the end of Endgame. The yes. guy, the guy that Captain America said wouldn't lay his life down for anybody, mm-hmm. did it twice. Did it twice? Only twice? He definitely. I know the two that stand out as Avengers, well, like, and, and then that, that one. Yeah, and then like three times and everything. And then, yeah. And if you want, you know, well, getting, just well, getting stabbed by Thanos, and then the yeah. battle in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously with the, the yes. final snap. Yes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not trying to help your cause more, but I just was thinking maybe there's more there, than there twice. There could have been more. Yeah. But those, but those the, are three that kind yeah, of really come. The, to the mind. Avengers one, the first Avengers, and, and the, the End Game are definitely the two most distinct and important ones in the course of all this. And as we talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago, when we were breaking down Avengers End Game. The tie-in between Thanos, who I think is the main antagonist in this whole se- in this whole series, mm-hmm. um, to Tony Stark, and their relationship is more um, tied together than I say would say his and Caps is. Yeah. The whole thing, like you're not the only one who's been cursed with knowledge, and you've been in my dreams, and I hope they remember you yeah. when all is said and done. Um, yeah, I think the the tie-ins with the farming and wanting to rest and kind mm-hmm. of coming to deal with the snaps, like again, the the, the relations and the, the connections you can draw there 
is something that's made for protagonists and antagonists. But I also, mirror match, so to speak. They are, but I also think, and that, that was uh, one of the best points that's been made on Inve- Avengers Endgame. Period is your whole drawing the line. Oh, with, thank you. It's uh, when you when you first said it. Uh, what was that? That was in our review, so that would be episode the, yeah, fourteen. So two, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that mm-hmm. that was I was blo- both Tim and I were blown away by that one. I think I blew myself away. A yeah, bit it was. Because you just you don't realize how smart you are sometimes. No, with, you're more like Tony just, Stark than you realize. I'm just spewing out shit and hoping I, I get a gold nugget every now and again. You're kind of like Tony Stark. That yeah, you're hoping things yeah, work once exactly. in a while, even, no matter how be- poorly you plan it. But I think with Cap, the fact that he's not the mirror image of Thanos, the fact that he is is his, uh, he is on the opposite side of the line where he's standing up for what's good all the time. That he leads Thanos to think at the end of it when they're fighting, instead of saying. You know, I have never faced someone who sh- who I should be, you know, who's gotten so much going against them in the fight against me. Stand up to me so well. And I respect you for that. And, but I'm like, you guys are done. This is something like you said to, to Iron Man, but a little different. The fact that he says, no, nah, you know what? You guys are all so friggin' ungrateful and you continue to fight me and you can't appreciate what I've done for you. I'm going to kill everybody. The fact that Cap pisses him off that much is like, this is the ultimate superhero right here is Captain yeah. America. And not all superheroes wear capes. He doesn't wear a cape. Neither does Iron Man. Yeah, well, whatever. He has a suit. <laughs> um, super suit, excuse me, not a suit. Uh, Cap obviously has one too. But... I think the fact that Cap is the one who's standing against him, obviously he has the Avengers, all the Avengers come up behind him in the end, but the fact he's the one that's standing up against Thanos and his unending horde of Chitauri and the Black Order and mm-hmm. everything and his ships, the fact that he's the guy that's standing up against Thanos at the tail end of that, right before everybody shows up, says, this is the guy who's really leading the show. So as much as you have Tony, who's backing you with all the tech and the money, like John Henry, or name any owner there in a pro Mm -hmm. sports team, really the guy that's leading you is the one who's making the decisions, the Billy Beans of the world, the Dave Dombrowski's, or if you want to do it with the managers, like a Joe Torre type. Those are the guys who are on the front lines. Those are your real leaders. People don't follow, just like with Game of Thrones, people don't follow the emperors or the queens or the kings. They follow the generals. But Iron Man's fighting, though. That, that's I, not an, so uh, is Daenerys. Completely... So is Daenerys. She's, she's on a dragon and fighting. Yeah. But, but are you following her or Jon Snow as a soldier? I'm, I'm following Iron Man over Captain America. He's a smart guy. I'm following Captain America because he's going to do. He, he's going to lead us to do what we're set out to do. Because he's going to be carrying out the plan of Captain America or of uh, Iron Man. No, because he's going to do what's right every time. No, because I think he turns very selfish. Like he, he gets very hard-headed in, in a civil war. Doesn't listen to anyone. Doesn't want to change his ways. You see that in Tony Stark that he's a, a he's open was, to change and open to, to seeing the destruction that he's causing, even if he deems it to be for the greater good. But there's nothing they can do about it because they've created all these villains out there and these monsters, whether it's cross. Right, but this or, was something that you could do. But it was going to hamstring them, and then it was going to create another monster within the government that we they were going to be able to control. That, that play out. It, I think we okay. Well, that, there's so many other stuff that we haven't seen play out. Well, that that's we're, what I we're mean. But we don't about. know if it was even going to work or not, though. I don't. I. I we just assumed that's because because Captain America said that it was not going to work out that way. Yeah, I trust him. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I trust Iron Man. Well, I think that's. And I also think just going back to Civil War. Although it's a Captain America movie, it's more about Tony Stark. Oh, throw up. Are, are you? But no, seriously, the whole thing is about. Tony Stark creating the Sokovia Accords, which, you know, Captain America is going against. The trouble with his fatherhood and then, or, you know, his, his family. Did Iron Man create right, the Sokovia Accords? He definitely backed him. 
Right. Uh, am I just? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's a Mandela effect. Oh my god! I'm just, that's going to get out there now. It's a Mandela so that's, effect. That's a free plug for Mac and Go podcast right there. Um, wow. I see. I, I didn't even know what you're talking about when you mentioned that. Like I, that was just a stream of thought there. And I do subscribe to that. That uh, I, I buy that into that theory. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I, do, I think I do it too. makes sense. Yes, it does. But you know, you see him, uh, you know, dealing with the barf technology and dealing with the uncovered, uh, you know things that he hasn't talked about with his family before and then obviously him finding out how bucky barnes killed his family i think those are like the main plot points in there and you know steve rogers is just along for the ride in his own movie i think i think like tony stark hijacks his own he's fighting the his villain, own movie he's fighting the villain in the movie that is iron man in the government which has taken the wrong side. So of it. Well, the government's so Zemo wasn't the villain. He's also the villain, but there's other villains in the course of it. I mean, so okay. you mean Zemo's creating a whole other issue in the course of things, and uh, without, it, well, without him, Cap probably doesn't get out of there. Well, maybe he does. I don't know because the whole issue with Winter Soldier, obviously, that leads to Cap leaving and everything like that. Right. Um, but I think I've made my my argument pretty clear. The one the one last thing I did want to touch on. I don't know if you have anything else on Iron Man West, but. Um, he also has some of the greatest moments in the MCU. That elevator scene is one of the best Great fights. One, sure. They together have one of the best fights ever, mm-hmm. too, in Civil War. Um, the Mjolnir moment, Avengers awesome. Assemble. Are that the, might be the best. Which one? The Mjolnir moment. Yep, and then Avengers Assemble. Oh, oh is two also, different ones. Yes, yeah. those are both kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those those three right there. And honestly, the grenade moment, is as much as he wasn't Captain sure. America yet, Steve Rogers, we're talking about Steve Rogers as a whole, he th- that is something we're always going to remember him for in how he was willing to make that sacrifice for a bunch of guys who were frankly a-holes and didn't treat him well. He was ready right. to do what needed to be done. Yeah, always. Fuck, fuck Tommy Lee Jones, right? <laughs> yes, right. I forget. Hey, you forget I that forget he's him. like the general on that. That one just came to me. Yeah, good call. Um, the last thing I got is he's typically the centerfold or the largest figure on all the official movie posters uh, for like Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War. He's either prominently featured as the big one. Yes, no, I get that. When you said centerfold, or, or I think he's like the, at, in the center. Yes, when you say centerfold, I think of uh, like the Playboy J- or yes, something like Jay that. Jay Giles band song. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> nah. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I think. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, and but I get your point. I get your point. So I usually, <laughs> see, but it's and it's usually uh, if I'm being truthfully honest, as opposed to falsely honest. I guess I'm mm-hmm. not sure what truth truthfully honest would mean. It's, it it's sounds a, a little redundant. But uh, Captain America is also featured. He's like, if he's not the centerfold, he's the largest prominent. You know, it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that. But, you know, you can always you can always find Tony Stark on the movie poster pretty easily. Have the have the Russo brothers come out and said who the main character is? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I through seen, all I, of the research, I didn't even search that. I, I, I think I should have. Right? I didn't either. But you know what? If someone wants to message the Russo brothers or reach, or tweet at them or whatever they have out there. Yeah, or if there's some content out there that has said elsewise. You yes, know? please let us know. Or let the Russo brothers, you know, ask the Russo brothers, hey, or uh, which one is it? Because we're listening to this podcast and then maybe they'll listen to and it. They have and a good, yeah, and then yes. we'll get our in yes. and then we can start writing some fan fiction for the Disney Plus uh, platform. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I, um, I can see that path happening, right? Yeah, That's there. Alternate timelines. We're not in Earth 616. I think it's a fairly straight line there. Um, get there. So any anything else you got on there? No? Nope. I think I've made my point. And I think uh, everybody now knows that Cap is the protagonist and main character in the course of the Infinity Well, Well, yeah, we did do a Twitter poll. And that. at last I checked, I said, well, who is the best character from Avengers Endgame? Oh. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, other reply. Mm-hmm. It was far and away, 50% above for Iron Man. 
Okay, but that's one movie. We're talking about the Infinity Saga. It'll well, change. you know, if it's for one movie that best caps ca- the whole best character, main character, two different things. Okay, well, we can, uh, we can, we can he's put it actually, out to the people. I think he's the best character too. But yeah, you guys can vote on that, whatever you want. You're not changing my mind in the course of this, and I, I mean, I've tried to change Wes's mind, but I think he's he's blissfully um, ignorant. And used to, no, not ignorant. That's not the word. No, I I enjoy that term. Blissful, blissful ignorance is the best ignorance. It's, this is very true. Um, but we got to get to our two v one. So this week we have Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, Jon Snow obviously from Game of Thrones, and then Van Helsing. And for the sake of this, we're going with Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. Obviously there's Van Helsing originally from Dracula who he's always been opposite. Then there's the Van Helsing show which I believe is a sci-fi show. No, maybe that's a Netflix original show. Either way, I lo- I've heard of it. I haven't seen that the show. It's actually a, a female Van Helsing and she oh, is okay. she's pretty badass too. Very very uh angry character and it, I uh, if you like strong female characters and I freaking love them when you get like that's why I, I do Cap uh, Captain Marvel being kind of a hard ass yep. I don't mind that at all the overpowered stuff is what can be annoying but either way we're sticking with the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing um, we had Reed at Reed Acost on Twitter who kept it simple saying Aragorn protecting so thank you for weighing in Reed um, yes Wes I, I think I think we're both in agreement with uh, with our Twitter friend here I think we are. Yes. You want to give your reasoning why? Well, yeah. Cause I, uh, you know, this is just process of elimination for me. This kind of, I'll show you how I kind of arrived at my choice here. So, first of all, I don't trust the reloading mechanics of, the, of a crossbow. He has more than a crossbow. I know that picture I picked has but that's, a crossbow. But it, that's his main line of defense, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean it, it's definitely important in what Van Helsing does, but he also has those sick-ass, like, I couldn't You get a good picture to fit into the mm-hmm. the Photoshop that I have, but he has these, like, blade, like these hand blades that he defeated uh, Mr. Yes. Hyde with at the beginning okay. of the movie. So he's, okay. got, he's got some sick shit going on. But Van Helsing is, I lo- and you ha- you haven't seen that movie, right? Or the whole Not thing? Not in the entirety. I it, think I saw it years ago when it came out. It's definitely like a B-movie, mm-hmm. I would say, but I love it. The rewatchability okay. is, is definitely there. Some I think cool it's action. on Netflix, actually. I think I can watch that. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> worth the price of admission. Thank God she's not with Pete Davidson anymore. Yeah, I don't get the appeal with Pete Davidson. I don't either, but Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale, I mean, hey, you're good for him. Both, yeah, good for him. Yeah, it makes me like him a lot less than I already yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. Kate Beckinsale. Something really pissed me off. Now that's still, but that's that was short lived. That was a rebound. Thank you. Know. you. There, this proof there is a god. Exactly. But second, though, Jon Snow, you know, the worst battle strategist since Captain America. Yes. Um, and oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got that's a callback. Uh, but no, he might be the worst in like TV and cinema history. Like that's in terms of planning. Yeah. Not much of a planner. He's just he just goes out and does. Yeah. Uh, thirdly, Aragorn's sole purpose in the entire Lord of the Rings series is to protect a fucking hobbit. <laughs> like that's his job, and he does it over the course well, of like nine well, hours. Well, I mean, he loses Frodo kind of after the first movie too. He ends up, but they, but he does he does do things to protect him and make his path easier. So yes, right, right, right. he still protects him along the way. Right. So yeah, so he uh, protects him against the Nazgul. I mean, against the the, the friggin' um, ring race. So I mean, right there alone, you're right. 100%. Yeah, like that was his job, and he did it. Yes. And I'm not a hobbit. I'm a fully grown man. Actually, when you just look at it like that. Aragorn protected four hobbits. I know Frodo got stabbed, but he, he just showed up a little late. But he protected them against five ring race, four ring race, and, and none of them died. I know Frodo was scarred for life, but you're doing that 
you can protect me against Jon Snow and against Van Helsing. I didn't think of that at first. Right. I was really hoping you were going to go with Jon Snow just because you're not as big a Lord of the Rings guy. No, no, I'm not. But also, you know how I feel about Jon Snow. He's very low on my list after not petting that very good boy ghost. This is true. This is true. You know who I thought about throwing in this mix, and it might have altered your answer, but Mm -hmm. it might have affected mine, too. I was thinking about throwing Heimdall in here as well over Van Helsing. He's Um, all-seeing, and he can— Snap me out of there with the Bifrost. He has a gigantic sword, and yeah. that's not a metaphor either. Like no. he, he has a huge. He probably does. Though. He might. He might. Idris Alba is a savage. Yeah. Um. But very handsome. If man, I too. had put him in there instead of Jon Snow or Van Helsing, would that have altered your decision necessarily? It would make it more difficult. But if if you ha- you would have to take out Aragorn to change my decision. Oh yeah, Aragorn for for sure is the that would have been the, at least the second best in the course of all that. Yeah. I, my thing is with Aragorn, I know he doesn't have this at his disposal at all times, but he d- did have the dead army, um, which proved right. very valuable at the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Van Helsing does have the whole werewolf factor going for him, too. If we're like picking little things that yeah, were in there, yeah, mixing it out, okay. you know, and he obviously you know, went at Dracula, took him on, who's very much an overpowered villain. Uh, so I think Van Helsing's number two on this list. Now, what I will say in the defense of Jon Snow is that if you go by the books, uh-huh. I believe he can warg into Ghost. Oh, so yeah. he does kind of have that dire wolf werewolf thing that Van Helsing has. Yeah, I would still. Think but I, I think if we're just going off the TV version, obviously Ghost is not yeah, a factor. I think the third. I think he's no matter what. The th- I didn't look at it like that originally, but he's the third option on this list. Van Helsing yeah. is clearly number two and is the only one who could take on Aragorn. Um, but I mean, you give Aragorn the dead army. No one's beaten him. So, I mean, if you give him that, you give Van Helsing the, the werewolf, it's not going to make a difference. Um, but, Wes, in preparation for, uh, for episode 16, what else have you been uh, – what else has been on your mind? Yeah, well, there's been a lot, a lot of good stuff. I finally finished um, the uh, uh, Ted Bundy Netflix oh, movie. Oh, how was that? Which I, I enjoyed. Like I said, it was more of a love story and focused on the love story between him and – um, the girl that he stayed didn't the one girl he didn't kill when he slept with. Oh, uh, so it was kind of interesting, kind of told through her point of view. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it it's, sounds it's a Netflix movie. It you know? sounds very so, like, interesting. It's not like gonna blow your doors off or anything, but I think it's a good watch on Netflix for free. You know, so would that fall under the line of like true crime? Yeah, yeah, because it's all pretty accurate. And like, like I said, the stuff that I didn't know about Ted Bundy, it all kind of follows suit, you know, throughout the case. So I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. Started watching Chernobyl on uh, HBO as well. Oh, the miniseries. I haven't gotten through all of it yet, but that's also wild stuff on there. Um, what I have been getting into is New Girl on Netflix. Oh. Seven seasons on there. Just started season one. Oh, we had your wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty funny show. I find Zoe Deschanel to be very charming, very likable, mm-hmm. funny, cute, you know, but like kind of like a hard ass when she has to be. Yes. Um, the character of Schmidt is hilarious. He plays your typical uh, New York City douchebag and does it perfectly. I think we all have friends like that to a yes. certain degree. I can see how you'd like that guy. Um, and I'm a big Jake Johnson guy overall who plays uh, Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, everybody I've talked to that's watched that show says it's a good one. I've watched it here and there throughout. Um, yeah. There's so much out there. It's, just, it's not one that's going to necessarily pull me aside. But it, whenever I've watched it, it's like, oh, this, you know, if it's on, I'll leave it on. It's but pretty what good. I'm constantly searching for is, uh, obviously, I was late to The Office and late to Parks and Rec mm-hmm. until the Netflix release, which I've realized has like something like $58 billion streamed minutes for the office 
in like Get a out. year, something like that. It was the most streamed show of the year. And I still haven't watched the whole but, thing yet. <laughs> yeah, but w- what's interesting about it, is, you know, I, I need that binge-worthy show, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I get a little sick of re-watching the same Office, the same Parks and Rec episodes, much as I do love that show. I want something else. I want to experience something new for the first time again, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. It's so I, I'm yeah. hoping this is it. Okay. So far, it has been. That's uh, sounds like a better pick than Diablero, which again was the worst thing I've ever watched in my right. entire life. <laughs> yeah, that um, was an- <laughs> how long has, Chern- Chernobyl just came out? Right, just started. Is it yeah. Two- so the second uh, part, they're like an hour and twenty, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like a four or five, six part series or something like that. There was some Mondays. There's something else that just came out on HBO. I feel like too that someone told me I should get into, but I'm thinking about. You you like Barry, right? Yes. Yeah, I got to check that out. Yes, and then, very funny. I actually got to watch that. Veep's coming to an end, too. Yeah, um, so I, I don't know if it was this episode or next week's episode's the finale. Yeah, and I've heard, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. I've Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, I love that, yeah. Northwestern grad, go, go Cats. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, I was obviously obviously a huge Seinfeld fan. So um, my big my big thing was so this was actually back to when I was away for the wedding. I forgot to bring this up. Might as well now. Uh, on the first day, so I got there Friday because it's the cheapest flight I could get. Got sure. the day off from work, and um, my one of my teammates got in super early too from California. My, my best friend from college, and we're uh, we're just hanging around. We you know we flick the TV on later on in the day after we've walked around Indianapolis, and uh, we see. National Treasures on, mm-hmm. and obviously a legendary movie. You haven't seen it. Oh no, I've seen it. Oh, you have. I've seen it multiple times. Seen okay. It. Is there a third National Treasure? I don't think so. There's def- not with Nicolas Cage. There's definitely there two. might be like a straight to DVD. Okay. Like knockoff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think. Honestly, on I think if there was a third one, I'd still want to see it. Yeah. As bad as Nick Cage is as an actor, my big takeaway from all of it is. How the hell is this? How did this guy land multiple leading roles in movies? He was great. Have you ever seen Con Air? Is that, have you seen Face Off? Is that no? I've not seen. Those Face are Off. two great movies. Is Connor the one where we always see the meme where you see his eyes bugging out of his head? No, that that's Face Off. That's Face Off. Yeah. Okay. Well, then there's what's the one with the he's not the got, bees? What's he's that? He's got one? the long, the hair, like okay. long hair, but he's got the U-shaped male pattern baldness. He's got a wife beater on. Oh, that sounds. They're so, in a. They're in a great. A prison airplane. He's also Ghost Rider too. Yeah, he's Ghost Rider, but he, I believe he's an Academy Award. Uh, nominated actor that blows my mind. Maybe a Golden Globe winner, like Leaving Las Vegas or something to that effect. I don't, I, I, I don't see it. I really don't. It's the t- it, he plays the I'm smarter than you and I know it uh, role very well. You think he plays it well? Yeah. Well, I think that's the only role that he does. Don't you think Iron Man's kind of smarter than you and I and everything like that? Yeah, I, guess. I think he's great at it. Do you think that? So you think he plays that very well? Yeah, Tony Stark. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Do you think you would say that Nick Cage plays it very well as well? I think the MCU would be far better off if they cast Nick Cage uh, as Tony Stark. <laughs> we we would be looking at three billion, uh, three point four billion in sales for Avengers Endgame. And that again brings it back to our main point: why Captain America is better than Iron Man in the course of the MCU. Well, I think you know it's flawed individuals, and <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage is flawed among them. Also, has a great comic book name. Yes, he does. Chose that actor's name. Yes, because of Luke Cage. Yes, he did, and tried to be Superman, as uh, Tim has brought up that right sh- that movie that was not on Hulu. I don't know where that is. I think it was a Kevin Smith documentary. Yeah, it was, it's a good documentary. Did you watch it? Yeah, it's a good one. Where did you find it? I don't know. I saw it a long time ago. Oh, I think it might have been on HBO or something like that. I got to watch that, and I got to watch that Doomed one, too. That was with the Fantastic Four stuff. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. That yeah. one's on Voodoo. Yeah, we got to watch that. But um, anyways. Next week, Detective Pikachu. Yes. 
Should be fun. Very excited for that. I'm going to be very skeptical. Ryan Reynolds as a yellow rodent. I can't wait. 